Good afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Cooper and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. This one was, uh, so it's a lot of fun. This is with uh, David Lopan or David Grimerson, as I know him as. He's kind of a uh, producer and he produced a lot of stuff that uh, you will have heard. You might not know his name, but you will know his work. So he did or does a lot of wrestling uh, sort of themes and sort of entrance music and that type of thing. And as we go into, that's incredibly sort of important part of a, of a wrestler's dynamic and how they kind of present themselves as well. And from that, he's done a lot of work with uh, AEW, which is All Elite Wrestling uh, in, in the States, and New Japan Wrestling, as you'd imagine, in, in Japan as well, as well as being in this country in ICW. Um, and so he was kind of really... A guy that, that made that music for them, but, uh, but when you start going past that, the, the, the guy's done an, an awful lot of really cool stuff. Originally in a band and toured with Limp Bizkit and a whole host of other acts as well. He's kind of producing metal now as well, he's doing producing Howard Jones's new thing as well. So we talk a little bit about that. Fantastic uh, conversation. The guy, like me, loves to talk. Um, just a, a superb human being and a, a very, very clear lover of metal. That's how we kind of originally met and got on. But I won't kind of really get on too much about that. I'll let the podcast do do, do what it does. Um, the next episode will be Kitty Staunton. A really, really good conversation out, which will drop later on in the week. How's everybody finding when I post kind of what's coming up? Is, is that kind of helpful? You kind of go, okay, I'll listen to that. Okay, I won't listen to that and kind of navigate around. Well, drop us some messages and see see what, what you think about that. Is there anybody I should be talking to as well who you'd expect to hear on the show, but maybe I haven't got to yet? And also this should be, should, fingers crossed, a really nice surprise coming up with um, with one of the guests as well. But let's get straight into it. Um, this is uh, David Lopan, uh, producer of music and metal and all-round uh, top guy. I would have done a little intro as always to this, but it's always, uh, I mean, David and I kind of met up talking about wrestling and, and that type of thing. That's where our kind of mutual interests aligned. And then it, it became talking more about metal because David <laughs> is a huge metalhead. Um, but before we, we get into that, and we will get into that, um, Dave's kind of like does a lot of music for like wrestling and, and, and things like that. You know, theme songs that people hear and stuff. That's kind of that's kind of Dave's sort of forte. So we'll, we'll kind of we'll kind of get into that. But first and foremost, thanks for coming on, big man. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. It's quite funny you mentioned about the wrestling and then it went for metal because I remember when we were like, oh, it'd be cool to do some stuff together on that. And then I just completely one eighted and I was like, here, man, shall I get the gates? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just completely, completely, about metal, like. <laughs> I just one eated and I was like, I Swedish death metal man. So, aye, yeah, yeah, let's Probably. talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just kind of, that's it, isn't it? Often you find like it's when you. I tell you what it is. You know when you first start a job and you have to find uh, certain people in a job, and if there's someone who's into metal, almost certainly you can start talking about other <laughs> stuff with them. Kind of, you can talk about weed and talk about where they do this and where they buy booze from and stuff, and, and it kind of spreads out from that. I love that. I love that about metal. That it answers uh, questions about people's personalities almost before you start talking to them, like, you know? Because I, I, man, and it's like, I think the wrestling and metal go hand in hand as well. I mean, yeah. I think everybody feels like that, but it's just, yeah. it's just funny. You, like, if you said that there, that was the first thing that came to my head. It was like, I, man, wrestling is cool. Eh, Joy Cat the Gates. Fuck all to do with, like, what we yeah, were talking there's no, about. There's no connection. There's no connection. Where we normally start with these things is we talk about when you kind of first hear metal and music and that type of thing for yourself. So so where did it all start for you from a music point of view? Hey, my dad used to have Alice Cooper videotapes. Okay. When I was young, man. And I'm not going to lie, they absolutely terrified me. 
Well, he but, did, like Alice did. A scary, aye, like, yeah. Aye, man, because it was a stage show, isn't it? Was the one where he was beheading the nurse and all that. I can't remember yeah. what it's called, but I remember that happened in the that video. Welcome to my nightmare. Is that what it is? Yes, yes. In my uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought much of it, and then obviously we had all the CDs, like, in the, the early 90s and that, and it had, like, Paranoid and all that on it, and then I was like, cool, but then I was more into grunge growing up, like, in school, so I was yeah. into, like, my Nirvana, my Peril Jam, uh, Alice in Chains a little bit. I actually didn't appreciate them more until I got older. You yeah, know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, when yeah. You're, you're a kid, you pick a couple of bands and you're like, that's it, I fucking love them. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. But you know how it is as well, metal man, it's a fucking drug. You go harder and harder and harder. So it oh, went yeah. from that to Pantera. No, it went from Nirvana, Rage Against the Machine, to Pantera, Slipknot, Slayer, fucking... And then it just went mental. A little bit of black metal, but not too much because it sounds like it's recorded in a fucking bin full of wasps. But you know what I mean, like. Isn't that isn't that isn't that extraordinary? About like the, the one thing that, that that maybe holds black metal back <coughs> is is its early production, isn't it? Like mayhem uh, and all that and all that type of thing. It kind of the, the production's fucking awful, you know. I mean, uh, it's only like when even it's only with like like I, I talk about Hellhammer a lot because I think they, they, they started to get like oh we should really record this on something better than a Fisher Price fucking tape deck and they start uh, to make it better but then you get like Behemoth and stuff which isn't necessarily black or uh, but the Doom guys kind of moved it into better recorded stuff but that early stuff's terribly recorded isn't it I man it sounds most early 80s thrash is terribly recorded aye. that goes far to say you know see, see the distortion and all that and like the original black metal stuff like it sounds like you've just picked some cunt up and threw them in a fucking bath full of cornflakes you know what I mean <laughs> just that like crunchy like but yeah. not even good crunch it's just like <laughs> Did that kind of put you off going full down the whole Norwegian black I didn't, metal thing? Yes, yeah. yes, because I didn't appreciate the the, the musicianship until mm. later on when I started making music for myself, and then I would go back and listen to some of the quote atmospheric stuff like Wolves in the yeah. Throne Room and that. They're using a lot of fucking a lot of orchestras and synths and choirs and yeah. You're playing over the top of that, and I'm like, how the fuck are you playing over the top of that in time? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I appreciate it more now, and I do. I like Nahum. I think Rules in the Throne Room are the best shit going at the moment for yes. that kind of style. But yeah. uh, and I like a couple of Buzzing songs, despite him being stabby stabby. But yeah. I, like, I don't mind it. But I'm more of a Pantera Slayer. But one of my right. favourite albums of all time is At the Gates. Uh, slaughter of the soul yeah and we talk, we, we, we're talking about our mutual love for, for at the gates and stuff and uh, I've, just, I've, 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 I've actually seen it live and i wasn't really kind of ready for it i've seen them live before they heard any music and they kind of were on a, a european festival and i remember thinking fucking hell you know what i mean really fucking and then it, it beautifully translated i love that when you go to see a band you haven't seen before and the live thing translates back and forth between albums, so it actually makes sense and stuff. You can hear what they're trying to do from an atmosphere point of view. At the gates, beautifully did that. Beautifully did that. Hi. I remember uh, seeing an interview with the guys for Kill Switch, and that Adam D was just like, "Oh, by the way, we have we have no shame about this man. We just rip off at the gates <laughs> and soil work courses <laughs> for singing. You know what I mean? Soil work, we love them fucking, that much. I yeah. fucking love soil work, man. Soil work get they don't get they, they they never talked about when people are talking about really quality sort of underground metal. They never talked about are they? 
And no, it's a shame head. for them, man, because they're, be- they're beautiful sounding, but they never broke through that glass ceiling, they never, I don't think they had that, that album or that song, did they? They kind of just stayed. But they're yeah. fucking unreal, like. They're fucking they're, unreal. I, they're unreal. Not, he can hit when he's singing, man. Yeah. The fucking criminal. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like... <laughs> 20 years later, he's hitting higher fucking notes, and you're just like, mate, what? Get, it, 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 anyway, getting better, yeah, you're getting better. I, I think what they suffered possible. from, I think what they suffered from was at the exact same time, a fucking thingy came out, their pals, what they call it again, oh, they ended up done the Jester race and all that, I went to see, in flames. Oh, in yeah, flames. in flames, yeah, 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 I, arguably, <laughs> arguably, they're the, they're the commercial shade of soil work to a certain degree, you know what I mean, yeah. I, and both of them came out at the same time because one yeah. one one music video that Inflames done had a soil work watching in the crowd and then soil work done a video and they had Inflames working in the crowd. <laughs> but it seems everybody went to kinda the Inflames yeah. way, which is a shame yeah. because I thought soil work had the better choruses. Maybe, yeah, maybe that yeah, Inflames in seems to be have that little run where they were commercially really kind of something of the darlings, weren't they, for a little bit. They kind of just kind of switched up to the Swedish metal type of scene and stuff and, and became kind of a little bit more the post. You know, what happens is, it's like most bands, it's like there's one or two bands that become the poster child for that run. So going back to when you first were listening to Grunge, you had like the, the big four of Nirvana, Alice in Chains, uh, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, Soundgarden, and who am I missing there from the list of the fourth person? Pedal Jam. Pearl Jam, and you, and you think that those were the four, and, and rightly so, because they, they all did kick the door in, but it's bands like the, the Pixies and the Dwarves, and all these other bands, the kind, Mud Honey, the kind of... And Mud Honey, up. the Melvins, all that kind the of shit, Melvins, man. yeah, yeah, and, and they, they kind of almost are standing behind them, and they're like, fuck, in many cases, they're better, you know what I mean? Right. Have to get, did you find that? Did you find when you listened to, like, Pearl Jam and Nirvana, you were like, okay, let's dig a little bit deeper, let's go to... Uh, mud honey and stuff and yeah I, I would sit on Napster and shit like let's mm. be honest we all fucking did it <laughs> and uh, it's like, you know how you would watch uh, you would watch fucking like Nirvana Unplugged in New York and they would go yeah. like oh this is a this is a Melvin song so you'd get straight yeah. on the internet you'd be like fucking type type Melvins and you then, wanted the original yeah I and it would just it would just fucking kind of snowball from that would treacle yeah, you know yeah. what I mean you would like oh also, I'm getting recommended this. It's the original Spotify, and it like, recommended for you. And it's just you reading yeah. fucking file names with grunge in them. You see what <laughs> it is, man? I remember I tried to download a Machine Head song and ended up, it was Cryptopsy. <laughs> so that was the first time I ever heard Cryptopsy, like death metal, well, man. And I was just like, it's back, real good. Back, back in, the, in, in the first sort of days of piracy, they would put up like... Uh, a hundred hours of metal, and that's what it would say. It would say something like a hundred hours of metal, or the or best Swedish metal, or best uh, power metal, and you would have no idea what was on it, no idea. Aye. And you you download it, and that's how you would play it. You know that's and Aye. you and you'd suddenly be introduced to all these bands. It harks back, and this is an interesting thing that it harks back to the tape trading days. That's all Napster was tape trading digitally, and so. I've always wanted to, if I ever get Lars on the show, and he's more than welcome to come on the show, I want to ask him this question. He was born from tape trading. So he got all his tapes, he would, he would trade tapes for the Iron Maiden or whatever it may be, and he was copying and pirating music way before that happened. That's what tape trading was. All Napster did was make it digitally available. Instead of you meeting your mates and going and listen to this tape, you went online and met your mates and, and switched them over. And it just seems a massive amount of hypocrisy from someone like Lars to say, oh, I'm dead against it. And it's like, hold on, that's how you found 
Death Angel. That's how you found Venom. That's how you found those bands and Motorhead and stuff. You found them from tape trade. It just seems really hypocritical, I think. You know, I'd love to ask him that. I'd love to see what he said, you know. Because it was effectively a digital mixtape, wasn't it? That you give to your mates. Just all it was. Do you know what I've noticed as well? Uh, See the older I'm getting? Yeah. I'm listening to more classic stuff. Okay. Why is that? I fucking don't know, man. Like, I just... Is it because it's, 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 there's, a, there's a timelessness to it? Like, Back in Black sounds probably, recorded yesterday, like, you know? I, I'll, I'll sit and I'll listen to, like, fucking White Snake. And I'm like, I never listen to White Snake! What am I doing? <laughs> and then, but yeah. I, I feel what I'm sitting and listening more, more like, more so like Judas Priest and fucking yeah. old Dio and that. And I, then I'm like... I, I would put it to you that maybe it's because they, like, especially Dio and, and Priest, they talked about world concepts rather mm-hmm. than small things like this particular one thing they talked about kind of larger scale things like it's one of the reasons like metallica did it with, with the black album the reason that the, 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 that was kind of most appealing aside from musically was that they were writing about more bigger topics if you know what i mean that everybody could find accessible well rather than like you know rather than cannibal corpse doing one song hammer smashed face how is that relatable unless you've smashed someone in the face with a hammer you know it's like like, they made more relatable stuff so judas priest doing something like electric eye which is about like the government watching you that's a timeless subject isn't it so you can always kind of maybe maybe i don't know do we just i don't know do you see maybe better storytellers then you know bon scott could tell a story you know you know and maybe that's why I mean, I used to just sit about the house and listen to, like, fucking, like, constantly it would be, like, far beyond driven in that, and now, these days, yeah. I'm just listening to fucking Turbo Lover on repeat, man, you know what I mean? Jumping fucking about the house like that. Turbo, man, <laughs> Turbo's my kind of fucking, it's it's my kind of canary in the, in the cage, like, I use that to test people's kind of love, because everybody fucking hates Turbo, and it's one it's of my favourite, it's, it's one of my favourite Judas Priest albums, the guitar player, it's fucking it's, brilliant, man, I love see, that see, album. See, See the synth bass on that album? It is fucking <laughs> perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, you just can't help jump about the house just like pointing at folk going, I'm your Turbo Lover. Turbo Lover is still in their set since they fucking went out doing the whole Fuel for Life. So it's still in the set because it's fucking, it's a great tune. But people fucking hate that album. It's like when Kiss went disco, the same level of hate. I was made for loving you is fucking great as well. It's one of the best. Like, I only seen, I only seen Kiss live for the first time. <laughs> me, me and my brother went uh, just in that tour there, whenever the fuck that was. Like, just it, at the end of the like, year. That was one of the, that's our last tour, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was fucking magic. It was magic. It's <laughs> <laughs> even they started playing I was made for loving you. That was it. Yes. Do they still play it live? I've seen them a few times I, and I can't remember if they play it. Fuck it, they still play it live, I, they still consider it like a thing for them, innit? Yeah, it was like, a massive song for them. I, for me, I got to see God of Thunder live and I was like, holy fucking shit, right. this is this, this, yeah. this is the fucking shit. And then as soon as they burst into fucking I was made for loving you, that was it, man. Fucking hat backwards. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Spokal Metal Show, where we defend Disco's Kiss and Turbo Judas Priest. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So, so when you were, when you were <coughs> to grunge was your access point. How, when did it slip over to being more metal? Was it Pantera who kind of brought the metal in, and you thought, okay, uh, this is definitely we, more heavier stuff? We were sitting in second or third year in high school. 
And my mate James was just sitting listening to whatever the fuck he was listening to, and he just turned around to me because we sat next to each other. Because you know, it just yeah. worked in surnames and fucking. Yeah, and, when you, and that become your mates, didn't it? Yeah. And he just felt like that. Yeah, fucking listen to this. And he, <laughs> put it, he put it in fucking. Uh, he put it in my ears, and it was Pantera becoming. And I was just Jesus. Like, what in the fuck is this? <laughs> and he was just like, fucking listen to that, man. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I love that there's a, I love that there's a kid in fucking... In, in, is this in college? Yeah. And he's got no, the this deepest is in voice. high school, he's, man. Yeah, he, so he's got, is... In high school, he's got the deepest voice in the world going, hey, listen to this, man. <laughs> man he, he, the deepest voice in the biggest... The deepest voice in the biggest knob, man. He hit fucking... <laughs> he, he, he hit fucking puberty before the rest of his did. I love it. <laughs> and he's, and he's he, like, you all need to fucking listen to I, this. And then I was like, that is amazing. And then my brain was trying to cook because my dad had got me like a drum kit. Right. And then a guitar and that. We used to have the loft converted because our okay. council house is so small. But yeah. there was like more than two years. So he converted the loft. Uh, and then there was a drum kit and all that there. So I would sit and I would try to learn how to play everything. You know what I mean? And then as soon yeah. as I heard fucking Vinnie Paul play, man, I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. And, oh man, and that, that, then from that it was just that was it. And then I heard I heard uh, some. He, I think he copied me Reggie's first album, and I used to listen okay. to that when I was a paper boy every yeah. single day for five years. Oh, and just hell. that full fucking debut album, walking that, all the way. That, that, that debut album is perfect, isn't it? It is. It's perfect. Absolutely fucking flawless, man. It's, like, the, it's even from a recording standpoint. It's it's I, it's you couldn't improve that. You couldn't. There's not going to be a remastered version of that because it's just it, that's that. And it came out and it was recorded in ninety. It came out in like ninety one, yeah. as they moved into ninety two, and. Uh, <laughs> And it sounds like it was recorded fucking yesterday. What a fucking, what a statement that album is. You think about the cover, the cover of the fucking Buddhist guy, to, you know, protesting the Vietnam and stuff. That's the cover. Think about what they're singing about. That's the first fucking album. If you're in a band now, listen to this. That's the fucking bar right there. That's akin to when the Doors bring out their first album. Aye. The last song is called The End. The last song is called The End. And he talks about fucking his mum and killing his dad. That's in the first fucking album. You're like, <laughs> bands now need to step your fucking game up with your first Aye. album. It needs to be as good as that. It's that's, it's fucking unbelievable that they didn't Aye, hit every single fucking bell with that album, you know? Aye, black metal bands take fucking note. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's rare you get these bands out of that, that first album. It's just so fucking on point, you know? I like, think like Guns N' Roses and stuff like that had these albums that were just so fucking right the first time they just understood what they were going to be like, you know? So when... to listen, Listening away to the music, was that when you went, I'm going to have to pick up an instrument? And then why the drums? Hey, so my dad had managed to get a drum kit off one of his old pals. He put it in the loft. He got me a key, a keyboard, and he had a guitar, but was making me learn guitar. So it's like when I look back, my dad was fucking like I live in a not a rough area, but because it is East End of Glasgow, like I think my dad was just trying to keep me from turning into one of those people walking about the streets every day. You know what I mean? They're just a little yeah, fucking... Yeah, give you something to do. Take Aye, so it was, so yeah, it, was, yeah. it was it was music and taekwondo is what I'd done all the wow, time, okay. man. And fucking... It's because it puts... It, I mean, it's, it's thinking sound, isn't it? Because it puts, you, it puts you in sort of two very important areas to teach yourself discipline. You've got to practice this. So you've got to commit. You know, the taekwondo, you've got to be professional. You've got to learn. You've got to listen. You've got to be patient. 
he's doing the right things there. He's definitely I, I, setting you up. Like, like I didn't even think about it until just there. I mean, like, I grew up listening to The Wall and that because it was all Pink Floyd songs I learned to play straight away on acoustics. Yeah. But I, in my head, I'm just like, oh, I'm just learning what he's shown me. You know what I mean? But in actual fact, I'm sitting there learning fucking comfortably numb and, like, fucking uh, breathe and all that. You know what I mean? And, like, you don't think that much about it until literally just that fucking moment there. Yeah. That's cool as fuck, man. It's like, yeah, it's it's like, you know, the reason everybody should learn musical instruments is it stops you being a dickhead for most most part because it teaches you patience and, and that you're not fucking amazing. It's a big ego destroyer learning an instrument it stops you because there's always going to be someone better than you so doing that type of thing did you were you did you play the guitar first or the drums or it was a bit of a combination of the two piano oh okay yeah because fucking uh, fucking piano man so basically he got the drum kit right and he wanted my little brother to learn the drum kit and he just was not fucking interested so while i was <laughs> learning the piano upstairs yeah. not even piano it was a fucking keyboard while i was yeah. learning the keyboard upstairs yeah. i'd be downstairs playing guitar with my dad and then yeah. gradually it wasn't until high school when i went fuck it give me a shot of those drums and yeah, then yeah. i just always gradually played the fucking drum it's like james Storman that always called me rain man because I just fucking, I just hear something, man, and then I'm just you pick like, it up. I can you fucking play that, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's because yeah. of years of you listening, listening, and you get your ears on point, and you can hear, you know, didn't know what they were called, but you could probably hear modes, and you can hear kind of scales, and, and, and minor, and major type of thing. You can hear that already, and that's Wait, just something that you de- de- reinforce when they teach music I here at any age. Like, if you, if you did hum me a note, I could tell you what fucking note it is. You know what yeah. I mean? That's how far it got, man, because it's just years it's, it's yeah. insane and you're just in muscle memory and ear memory and you're just like i know exactly what every one of these fucking so, notes so what did, what did you and your dad play together mostly pink floyd and then it was oasis tunes because it was when morning glory and that had come out because, right 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 i mean they, they were good songs to learn they're good songs yeah. to learn chords and it wasn't yeah. until later when nirvana and that came out my dad had got me fucking bleach and then he got me a uh, never mind and then we yeah. gradually got the other ones as well. And I would just sit and listen and listen and listen and listen. And then he'd be like, right, what one are we learning? And then we'd fucking oh, we'd sit, we'd and he, he would learn it with us, man. And then that's that's when I found out what power chords were. And, yeah, and yeah, we, yeah. later on I found out how to do the drop D or the drop C and yeah, fucking yeah. Uh, it's cool as fuck. I love man. that he's I love that he's driving you. I love that. I love that he's it's cause, like what are we learning now, you know? It's cause he's an old punk man. Like he used to fucking have it. like the fucking the spiky hair, the fucking piercings everywhere, man. The fucking, yeah. like, the, the, the tartan trousers with the fucking braces. And, oh, uh, like, I says to him one time, I says, Dad, I think this was last year or the year before. I was like, Dad, the Misfits are back together with Danzig. And he just went, I've seen them in 78. They're straight. And I was just like, <laughs> what? what? He was like, oh, I see fucking can't say that. I've seen them support the Damned. They were straight. Is that them that paint their faces? And I was just fucking pure, oh. amazing. You have amazing. Just, I, you have, <laughs> shat, have shat on my dreams, Father. There is, there, is, there, there is going to be some of our American listeners to this who are, with, they already deal with Mike Scouse accents and they're already kind of like, I'll lose them. Then throw in a Glaswegian accent as well. We have lost most of our audience with like, they won't know what chat, chat is and stuff for the Glasgow. Like I remember the first time going to Glasgow and we went to, we were playing the academy. It was to, to attacking for a band new play. And we were driving up, and it's a fucking pain in the arse to get into the academy. There's two roads either side of the back of it, whatever. 
And as we're going up, the guy leans out to the window and he pulls some guys walking past. And he goes, uh, do you know where, we're getting quite close to Glasgow. He goes, do you know where to, to, to get to Glasgow? And he's like, he goes, no, no. And he goes, Glasgow. And he goes, no, no. And he goes, he goes Glasgow. And I was, no, no, mate, don't say it like that. And I was like, yeah, are we close to Glasgow? And the guy goes, oh, Glasgow. I go up. And I was like, it's, it's these slight things, slight differences. But there's going to be a whole load of our American listeners who are going to be like, what the fuck are these two lads talking about? It's funny, man, as well, because see, see people from Liverpool and Newcastle, when they talk to people from Glasgow, the Glasgow yeah. accent gets stronger, the Newcastle and the Liverpool accents get yeah. stronger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there's this weird, weird, it's a cool as fuck thing, but it was just like the accent <laughs> gets stronger, when all, man. when we all get drunk, when we all get drunk, I was good, when we're drinking with the, with the crew at the, at the academy, and everything gets amplified, the swearing, everything, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. But anyway, so you're, you're playing the drums with your dad and you're kind of learning songs and stuff. When did that translate to you going to actual shows and what were the first shows you go to? My dad used to take me to Tea in the Park. Oh, okay, yeah. Which was cool, yeah. but the first Tea in the Park I went to was 98 or 99 and it was a... Uh, it was the, the weekend where Manic Street Preachers smashed the set, smashed the whole stage up yeah, and they, yeah, got, yeah. they got banned for life. Yeah. But it was also the same weekend that Stereophonics played with performance in court. In fact, do you know who played that fucking weekend? Joe Strummer. <laughs> Joe Strummer. Fucking hell, shit. I got, that might have been the same time he played Glastonbury, because I saw him playing Glastonbury. I, I think it was, it like, was the last a, run before, yeah? Joe, Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros, man. Yes, we yeah, got, yeah. You do a full fucking class set. Mate, fucking, I saw him at Glastonbury, and afterwards he was wandering in the fucking crowd, because he's a fucking <laughs> hero, with a fucking, um, with a, like, a, a ghetto blaster, and he was just playing. And if I remember rightly, so he walked onto stage, with the ghetto blaster playing on the on the ghetto blaster on fucking stage at Glastonbury, playing on the ghetto, listening to a song before he stopped and started his set. And then he went round the fucking audience. This is after he played. No rock star about him at all, even though he is. Just, just talking to everything. Songs talking fucking amazing, amazing. It's fucking how stronger man. Just fucking cool as fuck, like. Cool That's as amazing. fuck. See um, my first proper heavy gig though. Yeah. Slipknot, one minute silence in Kitty. Like Fuck, that, 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 that original tour, man, like the yeah, Slipknot yeah. debut album tour. Would, yeah, I was going to say, that would have been Slipknot's debut album, like, talk, one minute silence as well, talk about it, under the band, One of the now. best bands I have ever seen live, man. And Superb, I, like, yeah. they, they, they won, like, two or three Karang Awards in a row for being yeah, the best they were, they were, band. They were something of the darlings for a while, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and and it just didn't kind of snap into it for them. I, I, I've seen them a couple of times now, one minute times, and I don't think I've ever seen them play a bad song, let alone a bad set. Right. They're just fucking ferocious. Strange to think that they didn't take off as well, you know, that's crazy. I know, crazy. man. I know, man. It's fucking mental, like, and I always... Hearing Kitty as well, it, that came up on a Spotify. I was listening away to like, <laughs> the, the best of metal, and Brackish came up on that, and I was like, "Fucking hell, I forgot!" Like, I forgot the like, band even existed. Were you looking at it going, "Don't click, don't go, ah, fuck it"? At first, I was like, "This is fucking awful. It's heavy, but it's awful." And then they kind of, I was like, "Look, I was like, I'll give it a little bit of a chance because I remember it being good, but I remember reasons why I didn't like it." I think. Um, it was a shame because I think they had a, a couple of good things going on, but they were more of a novelty because it was girls, you know. It was a shame that because that's how people kind of seen them before they listened to the right. music. But that's a fucking that's a fucking gig and a half. That is because you're you're listening to Slipknot, proper original lineup, 
and it's fucking when they didn't give a fuck when they were just you know the uh, arguably the the, the m- slightly mellowed some would argue but back right. then that's that was fucking you were getting fights on stage and the full fucking I, hit weren't you i got fucking crushed at that and then i then <laughs> then then this is i can remember that whole year in order which is that's fucking awesome. mental. okay after that it was a fucking fear factory in the garage doing an obsolete it was before digimortal came out okay so digimortal hadn't come out yet but they were doing a tour they were right. only playing one song off digimortal yeah. and then it was all demanufactured and obsolete and it was oh, like they yeah. came out open with demanufacture and then went straight yeah. and like zero signal and fucking shock and all that and i was just like ah! That arguably, arguably at the height of the powers, then yeah, as well. Aye, man. Hell, yeah. And then my mate Joe was just like, "Here, listen to this, man. Biohazard Urban Discipline. That was Shit. mad. It's just like, give me all that fucking bounce, man. That was it. <laughs> I mean, from that moment, I decided I love that crossover shit, man. Yeah. And uh, even when, but it was funny. You know how you were talking about like when we get drunk, it yeah. amps up. I remember yeah. we were we, we were on tour with Lump Biscuit, right, and fucking. We had got our fucking drummer absolutely fucked, man. And he just went, he went up to West Borland and he was just like, Here, mate, do you like any music that's no shite? <laughs> <laughs> Very Glaswegian. Not enough Scottish Glaswegian, like, yeah, I love it. He, he turned around to him and he just went, Aye, man, my favourite band are Carcass. And he just went, Fuck off! Uh, Alright! <laughs> and then, like, my drummer's main question for everybody when he's, like, drunk is he went, do you like Testament? And he was like, yeah. I fucking love Testament. And he was like, I'll eat like you. I'll eat you. One of the conversations that, like, just remember about Vinnie Paul, one of the, I got to, I, I, I became <laughs> friends, friends with Vinnie over, like, meeting him a lot of times and doing press and stuff. That's and cool. one time I was wearing a black flag t-shirt um, and uh, one of the things he said to me is the reason he talked to me longer at this particular interview is because I had a black flag t-shirt on and I was like oh you're a fan he was like I kind of am but it kind of means that because you like that particular thing um I know what type of person you are and it's a person I can vibe with like so your boy asking someone do you like testaments do you know like do you like practice what you preach and stuff you know do you, it informs you about that person you can see someone wearing a metal t-shirt and it will tell you pretty much their politics their attitude that gave you a really good grounding so you were in a band then so when did you kind of become start becoming into a band and playing with other musicians aside from your album we had done through high school you do what everybody does like your fucking nirvana cover band Mm. and all that shit do you know what i mean and then when we hit about 18 19 we were like yeah let's just fucking do this shit for a laugh and it was like the rap metal stuff and all that and what were you called Psycho Dalek, we were called, man. We were, Psycho... Uh, didn't, aye, the name is so shite. <laughs> like, all, so all, shite. all your first band names are shite, that's aye. the point. Yeah. But, uh, so we ended up fucking, we toured with Limp Biscuit for a couple of years. and like, We did every, all the local gigs we supported. Yeah, some of the bands we supported are fucking hilarious. So, <laughs> off the top of my head, uh, Biohazard, which was cool. Fucking, yeah. can you remember Panic Cell? I, yeah, Luke uh, Luke Bell. Luke's band, Luke's band, Luke's aye. Band, Luke, when uh, Luke went on to become, yeah, tour manager. And the tour manager. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we done that, played with Luke's band when they, when they had released that album. We played with fucking Dry Kill Logic, Head P, fucking... Fuck, yeah. All that. 
Can I, you know what I mean? Yeah, all that yeah. shit. They played with Clutch. That was cool. Oh, as fuck. fucking ace, yeah. We did yeah. Uh, when Blast Tyrant had just came out. We fucking supported Clutch, man. And yeah. it was cool as fucking. Uh, we didn't take it seriously, man. And like, mm. then eventually, like, I used to play Xbox with Fred Dust all the time. It was like me, Fred Dust, <laughs> me, Fred Dust, John Otto, our mutual friend Cat, and yeah. fucking like just a couple of others. And then eventually, he was like, "Oh, you never told me you were in a band." And I was like, "Well, I didn't want to be that guy." You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I just want to play fucking Modern Warfare, man. Let's just shoot folk. And, uh, I used to be so back back in back in the in the early to late nineties. Uh, if you were out touring, uh, a lot of the times because there was like you know it, it wasn't all drugs, sex, sex, and rock and roll. What a lot of the times was it was just the kind of the beginnings of uh, Xbox Live and kind of PlayStation Network and stuff. And so on a lot of tour buses, well, it was it was almost mandatory to have a console on a tour bus. I, I've been, I, I was doing, I, I did that many Madden tournaments and, and all that type of thing. Because the, the, the American bands that I would go out with and work with, they obviously didn't want to play FIFA and stuff that I would, British sports, if you will, they wanted to play their match. So it was kind of a, a nice meeting place. And then, like I, you say, Call of Duty and stuff like that, War Games, perfect then. And we would I, go on I, that. I... I remember having conversations with people, like the last song before the set finishes, and I'm teching away or I'm doing something, and they'd lean over and go, "Fucking get the Xbox on now, so we're ready to go." Just so they go front stage and get online. <laughs> people forget that that was a, a meeting point, and it was like, but that was when you had like music on video games as well, didn't Aye. you? You know, Aye. like think about like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two and stuff. Fucking hell. Tony Hawk's fucking twisted metal for the PlayStation yeah. had that yeah, yeah. one minute silence and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there, there was a lot, but you nailed it, man. The, the, the apex of that was fucking Tony Hawk's. You know yeah. what I mean? Because even that had yeah, the Cypress yeah. Hill, like the heavier stuff that had the bow, that had yeah. songs from Bones on it. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like, it had everything. You had Goldfinger ah, on there and all this kind of pop punk stuff, and I never hit. And he just mashed it all together. Didn't give a fuck. I, like you know, I, Madden used to have the same thing. Where you'd have all these different artists. I was introduced to like hip hop and, and and that type of thing all through this because it was like it was just all thrown out. It's like, does it sound good? Yeah, get it fucking in. Then it didn't have didn't worry about what genre it came from. So you heard all this crazy. All these underground so that like head pee, first time I heard head pee and stuff like that were 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 on these kind of eccentric soundtracks to video games. I did that they I I can't remember the name of the first album, but then they had the tunes like Bartender and all that that were on yeah, and you like, these tunes are fucking magic. Yeah. Aye. It's like these tunes are fucking magic. Yeah, man. Fucking cool. And, uh, but it was funny because we had started to wind down. Mm. Like after we told we were like basically we went like that. Right, we're fucking peaked. What do we do now? <laughs> nothing is ever going to be better than what we just done so we had started yeah. to wind down mm. then i got a fucking phone call and it was drew and it was i was it was like right i'm no longer working with wwe in that i'm going to be going to tna in that see that song you've got that wish it away can i use that and i was like ah, yes. you fucking use it and so he took that and that's he used that everywhere when he repackaged himself. So, he, that so was we, we, we've opened up a whole sort of avenue. We're going to go down, and we are going to fucking go down. Dave's hugely interesting, and you're going to love this to, 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 when you hear this type of stuff. This is the stuff that we kind of started talking about before we started to do metal. But before, I just want to kind of take a couple of steps back. I so what, are you, what are you what are you playing when you started in your band and started touring? What what instrument were you playing? I was playing guitar. Okay. And okay. Uh, well, you, on your own, or was the two guitar players? Two, two guitar players, bass, drummer, uh, and then eventually right. I decided 
I, I kind of want to just do the vocals instead because I can't do vocals or play guitar at the same time. It's too hard. So you go from playing with your dad, he's teaching you songs, you're learning, you're playing together, to taking that and playing in front of an audience uh, and in, in some cases sold out crowds because this is when like the okay. likes of Limp Bizkit are huge. Was it a moment where you kind of caught yourself going, oh shit, I've become those things that I... Listen to I, I, would be like, I cannot believe I used to sit in high school with these two guys, Phil and Paul, and we would listen to Significant Other than that. And like, yeah. now I'm hanging about with these folk. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm fucking constantly always out with John Otto all the time, and we are going nowhere near any Matthews Bridge. We're just walking down the fucking main <laughs> street. You know what I mean? Like, I've, yeah, like, yeah. I've been over to the LA a couple of times and stayed with them in that as well, man. Just yeah, went over yeah. and stayed at Fred Dust House, and we just sat and played fucking Xbox for a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nonsense. I'm like, I grew up listening to these folk, and uh, I'm constantly fucking... starstruck and constantly yeah, I'm the pals. I think yeah, yeah. if I had to look back, I would love to see my face. I bet I was just like pure, yeah, like just deed in the fucking headlights, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But they were brand new, man. Like fucking, you couldn't meet a nicer bunch. But yeah. it was funny because that goes back to Wes Boland was so. Like, he never ever done anything bad to us. Like, we just, we always thought he was intimidating up until mm. we sent our drummer up to annoy him. And from, <laughs> that, from that moment, that was it. Everybody laughing all the time. Where's he yeah. like, all right, boys? Quite, you know what I mean? Quite, like, often, quite often on tour, what happens is this, is that, you, first of all, you, there's several circles. The first circle is the crew. All the crew have to get on and be on the same page. Very important, that. And normally that's like a lot of, uh, you know, banter. It's a lot of fucking busting each other's chops about stuff and joking and making sure any sort of thing, any weakness that you have is fully kind of brought out. If you're a scouser, all the cliches are brought out. If you're Scottish, all the cliches are brought out. Then there's the band. The crew have to get on with the band. And so you find various people in the band who become... You're almost, almost like your tall wife, so you hang out with them most of the time. You watch movies with them. You go eat and stuff. And you find, so if there's someone who's really into drinking and you're into drinking, they go and become friends as well. And it kind of goes out from that, doesn't it? And then when you're on tour with another band, you have to kind of go, okay, whose sense of humor is dark like mine? Who Aye. likes this? Who likes that? Who likes this? Who the... And it's this whole getting to know you thing. So the first couple of days for a tour, if you haven't talked with each other before, are all this wonderful getting to know you court and phase T- where you're like, the yeah. Waters. <laughs> yeah yeah are you are you no so-and-so yeah he's a cunt are you no so-and-so yeah he's sound and, and you kind of okay right. and you and you're right. and then it normally takes a couple of days and then it's normally when you switch from going from one country to the other normally europe for me but once the tour becomes like europe and you're stuck on the bus and you're traveling through germany for eight hours at a time and then you really get to know someone and you become like friends and stuff like right. that and that's when it becomes really cool all my favorite stories about touring the shows are great, but it's all getting on the bus and with an acoustic guitar or singing mad songs and stuff Aye. and that camaraderie. And that's the thing that I, pe- I think people miss or enjoy the most about touring, you know? I man, like, fucking, it eventually got to the point as well that was, like, we were in our splitter van, obviously. But mm. that kind of, that kind of eventually morphed into, we would just go on the fucking tech bus. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? They were like, Why, come on yeah. on this bus, you can fucking smoke on this one anyway, and we can yeah. blah, 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 you know what I mean? They were like, fuck that, we're hanging about with him, man. <laughs> I love that, yeah. I love that. And everybody kind of basically ends up, like most things, it's like if you live in a big house with like lots of brothers, you all have your specific areas, but eventually you're wearing each other's t-shirts, you're, you're, you're drinking each other's beer, 
you know, you, you kind of end up living out of everybody else's bus. It's like, where's the party tonight? It's okay, it's on this particular bus or it's in the green room. And it just kind of ends up being wherever it needs to I, be. I love that. Like, I love that. See, when we were on tour with him, uh, Ty, that plays bass for Alien Ant Farm, was yeah. Sam Rivers' bass tech. Yeah. Right, and just one night we were fucking all sitting again testing the waters, man. Yeah, and I was just, I ah, do you like wrestling? Like, who the fuck yeah. ever bites with that? You know what I mean? And he it's just rare, went, it's rare. <laughs> I and he just went, I was at the match where Jimmy Snooker jumped off the cage, oh, and that was it. I just York. went, yeah, you're my new garden, friend. Yeah. I, I was, like, you're my new friend. Exactly, because it answers all the questions, doesn't it? It's like fucking, you right. know that. That means that, that you're this person, and that's fucking sound. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love and, that uh, when you battle your tour buddies. I love that. Aye, and he was like, oh, see, because you're from the UK, do you like Phil Collins? And I was of course I like fucking <laughs> Phil Collins. And then I was like, but what's your favourite Phil Collins song? Ah. And he, he just went, easy lover. And I was like, yep, you're my friend. There we go. <laughs> okay. It should so, be like, now it should be like this fucking test. It should be like a book that you take on tour, and you're right. If you want to come on tour with us, here's this test, here's these questions you have to answer. And the minute you get it wrong, fuck off, you're off the bus. Right, like, you know? I love that. It's I love crazy. it. So, I, mean, I still talk to you guys, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's cool yeah. as fuck. And, uh, DJ Lethal's tech, Franco, he actually filled in for DJ Lethal for a few years there. But he was part, yeah. he was in Limp Bizkit. And, yeah. like, see, because he looked after me when we yeah. were there, I've sent him some stuff I've done for New Japan and that, and I'm like, man, yeah. feel free to remix that and we can release it. You know what I mean? Just to kind of like, because I appreciated yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, man, yeah. I still, you can remix this wrestling thing for the Bullet it's, Club. It's like, it? it's, you, when you go out with someone, you're out with someone for like a year or so, you know, or a long time, big, big long runs, European tours or whatever, you, you develop a thing, like it's going through like a war together. So you kind of, you know, afterwards, you know, you, like quite often now when I meet, Texts and people have worked with and crew have worked with. We don't talk about that. We talk about quite deeply personal stuff and all that kind of thing because you've been through something together. You know what I mean? I've had Aye. all kinds of stuff happen, and you, you kind of develop this wonderful camaraderie. I, I the, the thing I miss most about touring is is that camaraderie. The shows are good, the music great, but the, the camaraderie, fuck, and some of the laughs are, are amazing. So then. That starts to wind down. And now, I mean, listen, we've talked fucking bollocks for 40 minutes here before we even get into the meat of what we need to talk about. Is that about. only 40? Is that 40 minutes That's already? 40 minutes, D. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Longest podcast we're going to do, I'll tell you that for now, mate. Fucking so, hell. So, <laughs> yes. we, we, you, you kind of alluded to it before, that you kind of wind <laughs> down on, on the tour inside. You kind of going, okay, this is, that's a chapter in my life. Let's move on to, to the next thing. And you were kind of... Already created, you were one of the lead songwriters, I would assume, of the band, or at least a big part of the creative process. Aye, aye, like all four years would have, would have, uh, like all four years were good at it, man, but I would say I was very vocal about, no, we need that, we need that, we need, yeah. you know what I mean, and don't get me wrong, yeah. the guys, but the guys were great, they would go, ah, right, cool, let's try that, you know what I mean, yeah. and I always use that. If we try and it doesn't work, we'll, we'll move. We'll try something else. But most of the time, well, it's so, very much a kind of almost a producer's role, kind of aye. taking. Okay, let's let's try that overdub, or let's try doubling that aye. part, or you know, yeah, aye. yeah, yeah. And you become because you you've got those magic ears, like for, all the way back from learning with your art boy and stuff. You've learned, you know, those little sorts of things that make a difference with a song, aye. like yeah. Aye, and we used to be, I mean, even things like we used to be like, oh, this, this part's heavy as fuck, man, this is great, man, and then we'd be like, 
but it's not doing it for me. It's not making me yeah. go, I want to listen to that on repeat. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And then start to like, think outside the box that way and our songs, they got better. But we, I mean, we were starting to wind down until the fucking boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you get, like, for the, those that don't listen to or aren't aware of, of a kind of wrestling world and stuff like that, we, uh, you get a call off Drew. And Drew, this is Drew McIntyre, as, as people will know. And people will know now, as we date this podcast, as someone who's now the uh, the champion or the the main champion, the WWE Universal Champion um, of the biggest the biggest wrestling company in the world, the WWE, and he's their champion, their kind of poster child now, if you will. But before all that, he was he he was wrestling for kind of local promotions that, that you would have known about promotions like ICW and that type of thing. So, how did you first you and Drew kind of meet? to initiate that phone call, but it was like, I really like that song. Uh, well, I had originally a uh, ICW, like just cause I'm friends. Like I've, I've knew people like Dallas and Jester and all that for like 16, 17 years. We were all mm. wee guys that all went to the same metal club. Yeah. You know what I mean? We all, we, we all grew up fucking yeah. dancing on the dance floor together. Once again, I'm going to have to, there's going to be a little bit of exposition as I do this. So Mark uh-huh. Dallas is the guy who uh, who runs ICW. Uh-huh. Jack Jester is is a, is a wrestler as well. But you will have known them, like say, from rock clubs, going to getting drunk with these guys and all that type of thing. Did you uh-huh. know them before the inception of ICW? Before that yes. kind of started? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so then they kind of the... started that, and you kind of were like, would you go to the shows and stuff? Would you I kind saw... of? Yeah. This is how that happened. So. We were like, do you know what? We never done a fucking music video. Let's ask Dallas and that if we could fucking film one in their wrestling ring. Yeah. As a kind of goodbye. And okay. then when we done it, he was like, here, by the way, we quite like that song. Can Jester have it as his theme? In fact, can we just use it as our theme? And I went, aye, fucking on you go, man. <laughs> and then, like, just as yeah. simple as that. Can we use yeah. that? Fucking yeah. fuck it, take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love it. It, it, reminds me, it reminds me of when, like... Um, um, what's his name? Fucking Scorsese, right? So Scorsese um, uh, always has like good quality music in his in his in his in his movies. And right. apparently, one time he was trying to get hold of a Rolling Stone song, and like obviously the people that run the, the film company were like, "Well, it's going to cost you fucking a couple of million pounds or dollars to get a Rolling Stone song. It's not going to happen." So he right. rings up fucking Jagger and he's just like. Mick, any chance out? Because he's done documentary, right? He's like, all right, so if I can have that song, and Jagger's like, yeah, sound. You know, it's like, I love that. It kind of bypasses all that bollocks because the mates from a long way back. So you just go, okay, yeah. So what, I... just so people don't, to, who aren't familiar with, with wrestling, and there probably is someone listening who isn't. The theme song is is a, a big, huge part of a wrestler's makeup. So when they walk out uh, to go to the ring, they come out to that music. And that music is meant to all encompass what they stand for, their character, and all that type of thing. It's meant to put that all across in like three, four minutes. And the minute that music to, to hits or kind of gets played, that will elicit a reaction. So someone like Stone Cold Steve Austin, when you hear glass, glass shattering, yeah, yep. That's, yep. That's, that gets what's called a pop or a reaction from the crowd. You know, if you smell what the rock is cooking, that type of thing, you know, you will get a reaction. So it's absolutely dead on important to, to that right. song is like it's not throwaway it, it means something to that person the fact that icw use that as a, to represent their company is massive one massive. it was cool man it was cool as fuck but uh but see because we all knew each other like we knew drew and that when they were younger as well you know what i mean yeah. like, we all just knew each other from that age yeah and uh yeah eventually drew drew was just pure like phoned me up he was like yeah man can i use that and it, 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 it was the day 
TNA were doing a UK tour sometime. It must have been 2000 and whatever the fuck. And yeah. uh, I was like, aye. And he was like, oh, can I use it like the night? <laughs> and I was like, fucking aye. I'll yeah. just send you Because uh, that was on the laptop anyway. I was like, just give me an email and I'll yeah. fucking send you it. And that was it. Sent yeah, it over. Yeah. And then he took that song because he said, see, because he was repackaging himself and he got the beard and he, he was fucking yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a million bucks, man. And he... <laughs> He used that everywhere. Like, he used that as part of his fucking character rejuvenation, man. You know what I mean? And I'll always yeah. be grateful for that. And yeah. it's like, he, he, he gets on about it more than I do. You know what I mean? He's always like, man, <laughs> okay, I love that song. Like, and it meant a lot for that age. People don't realise People don't realize how much it, it informs the character, how much it, it kind of, what they look like and how they, they hold themselves. The, the music is, is is intrinsically locked into that, isn't it? It's like, the, what was the guy called who writes? He writes most of the WWE stuff. Jim, what is Jim it? Johnson. Jim, Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson's wrote everything you've ever, even if you're not interested, you'll know the stuff he's wrote because it transcends Aye. kind of he that is, whole scene. He is the soundtrack to your entertainment as a child. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, as it was that, that important, yeah. I man, like, I think he's semi-retired now. Like, but he uh, he he, was... he, pe- he picks and chooses who he, yeah, who he does he stuff, now. and it's yeah. usually his old mates. Like, see see him. That's what's the fucking crazy old bastard and uh, <laughs> and a uh, ring out honor the mental the mental one. What's he what? called? Pat, I don't it's know. Not Pat. It's just oh, some Kevin crazy... Sullivan. No, some no. no. He's a wrestler, but he's oh, like right, in right. his fifties, a fucking mid fifties. He done a tune for him. Because it's his pal. Because he used to be one of the, it used to be one of the the Rougeaus, You know yeah. what I mean? And it's just this mad bastard, and he's just like, I, I'm good judging for him. So every now and again, he pops up. But you can always see it's people he's been friends yeah. with for years, man. You know what I so mean? Wait, like, so was there a, was there a crossover point as well when you're watching wrestling and you're playing metal and you're playing see, bands? Was there a crossover then when you started listening to a girl? Like, I know that band. See, this is fucking, this is where it's getting, like, I was trying to hold off on this till here, like, when we used to okay. jam, we used to crack jokes all the time when we were jamming, saying, yeah, man, fuck it, let's just write fucking wrestling music, it just sounds like wrestling music anyway, because <laughs> it was like rap rock yeah. and rap metal, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean, because yeah. yeah. the attitude there, and yeah. now, in hind- not hindsight, now when we always laugh on the phone and that, we're like, I can't believe we did that shit, I can't believe a fucking WWE champion used their song, you know what I mean, it's, it's- that's crazy. It's great. Right. But I mean, you think like how old, I mean, every so often they, they rehash someone's theme music, like Stone Cold's had multiple versions of his song, but they, basically whenever they come back and it's like been a long time, they always go back to their original ones, their original sort of musics that they use, like, and it's because they're, they're timeless, it's just because it's like, I- it's, it's like when Darth Vader walks onto fucking the ship in Star Wars and it plays the Imperial March because he's a bad guy you know it's it's everybody fucking you don't know you, you haven't been told nothing about this character but immediately he he must be the bad guy he must be the bad guy because of the music that's presented you know do you know what you have just cracked by the way what's that darth, darth vader is the original entrance theme isn't he Mate. isn't he see because he, every <laughs> time he comes in you hear he's the first guy to ever have an entrance theme yeah He's not, he's not, he's not, I would argue, I would argue, maybe oh, right, it's a close right, tie. Right, right. Jaws is the first entrance music. Think about it, because he's not even on the screen, and you're there, burn him. And your back's already up, hold on, what the fuck, burn him. It's a, just fucking, 
bad shit gonna happen. And then the fucking guy comes. He's the fucking bad guy. It's him or Vader. It's like a Jaws Vader something. But yeah, there's your point for you, man. There you go. Jaws or Vader. Yeah. The point is that, like, if you if you're at your first wrestling show, do you remember your first wrestling show, by the way? Yes, for ICW and for WWE. WWE, I seen Eddie Guerrero wrestle the big show. Shit. Okay. And I seen GBL test. I seen Bradshaw test out his GBL heel promo in Glasgow. Okay. And then it was a couple of weeks later he became GBL. Because yeah, he yeah, just yeah. came in and he was like, fuck yous, blah, 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 yous are just England's <laughs> bitch and all that. And everybody was like, yeah. who is this? This isn't Bradshaw, what's going on here? Like, why am I, yeah, why yeah. Am I booing this man? <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But it was cool. And ICW, my first show was fucking, it was my mate Vinny, he was wrestling uh, a young, clean-cut Joe Coffey. And it yeah. was like... Lionheart and Wolfgang and all of that. They had this thing called the Gold Label, and yeah. and it was still man. But it's mental that I still remember that fucking thingy. But it was after that show, I went up and said to Dallas, man, how you doing, man? Benedji's fucking, oh man, do you know what you should do? We should let us play one of your shows and fucking because yeah. they were he was still trying to infuse getting like and then our mission he was trying to get people into do shit. So we were like, we'll just fucking play it. And then mm. two weeks later, we recorded the video, and then after that, they started using our shit, man, and then. Yeah. Doing that, and then fucking eventually Dallas was like, here, have you got any other fucking songs that we could use as well? And I was like, well, I'm actually looking into fucking starting to write them all myself. I'm currently building up a studio. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, someone had referred me to Walk Culture. So what I did was, as I said to Dallas, now hold off, what I'm going to do is, is see when they pay me, I'm going to use that money to get better gear. And then... Yeah. Fucking! It was did just you start, Did you start it, making a studio whilst you were playing in a band, or were you making I, a studio I, after? Oh, okay. Oh, so you was, built up like amps and and and, and de- mixing I, desk and stuff. It yeah, was yeah. it was mostly all digital. It was on my fucking laptop at the time, but I always yeah. had the the end game was these two screens, those fucking eight guitars, fucking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, I got there, man, and it was cool as fuck. Oh man! It's like. It's like it's like when you start building up a toolkit. When you first get have your first toolbox, it's got a couple of screwdrivers in, some hammers, and that's about it. But when you become like a journeyman, you start learning how to build shit. You get more and more tools, and that's what a ah, you get fucking yeah. and everything, man. Yeah, yeah, you got it. all these little things because you never, you never know when you're listening to a song and you're like, do you know what? This needs a fucking mandolin. I'll need to get you know. Oh, this needs this, or this needs a fucking Leslie speaker on this particular thing. You I, know, and you pull from your toolbox. Like, I, so did you? Did you experiment much before you kind of started writing your own stuff, or did you just jump in and go, "I'm going to write this music for this particular thing"? Well, I, I was asked to do a tune. I think it might have been Mikey Whiplash, and like, okay. see me, I, I like him, and see because I've always envisioned him as. Why were you never in an 80s slasher movie? I was just like, <laughs> I would, I would always like, I love listening to John Carpenter stuff. Yeah. And then yeah, when I done yeah. his tune, I tried to make it not like John Carpenter because nobody can fucking do that, but yeah. influenced by, do you know what yeah. I mean? And I would, yeah. I would sit and listen to like the fog and all that, and I was like, how can I make this more evil? But I love Italian horror. 
like okay. CO2 filtry stuff, man. That that is bad, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. So I tried to incorporate a bit of the Italian sound in it, just that yeah. easy off key kind of. And then when I had That's done it, Suspiria and Tenebrae stuff, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. When yeah. I'd done it, he was like me, and I was like me. Hello. <laughs> okay. So I, I started off with this learning how to do all the synth stuff first, mm. yeah. and then I was like, if I can nail this shit, then I can nail right. just fucking doing drums and bass because I can do, I can fucking play that already. Yeah. And uh, I, so I started out with something I didn't know, so that once I nailed that, I could just move into the bring the metal. stuff you did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also meant I could incorporate synths and all that into the metal, or yeah. orchestra stuff into the metal, which was yeah. fucking for me. That was the that was that was my shit, man. Like, so was that was 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 the was the Mikey Whiplash stuff? Was that was that the first thing kind of made to order, kind of wrote to order? He goes, oh, I like some intro music. It's got to be kind of horror type of thing well, I, you know that type of thing so icw were getting bigger and mm. they were trying to make sure that everything they had was <coughs> that they couldn't get done for it you right. know what i mean and yeah. me being me like i'm very wide like i'm very like and i just went fuck it i'll do it i'll do all of them you know what I mean? Just like, like that, and they just turned around and went, sound. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was because, it. They're, they're, like, one of the things that, like, kind of, <laughs> like certainly with larger companies like WWE, everything becomes about copyright and who owns that. I, because these songs are so big and so recognisable and so part of someone's psyche and someone's thing, <laughs> it becomes kind of, um, it becomes kind of like their character. It's like you own their character, you own their song. So copyright-wise, it has to be, like, all original and you can't borrow from other people because someone's going to go that's the guitar line from fucking whatever or whatever that's the you know the robbed from this you know it has to be all original so that's where someone like yourself is fucking really useful because like can you create it from scratch and you're like i can yeah because yeah. i would say to them i would just like send me a couple of reference tracks and i will listen to all of them and i will what, would they, what would they send you as reference what would they send you hey, fucking like jester in that was like bon jovi Rob Zombie with the House of a Thousand Coxie stuff, you know what I mean? Right. And I was like, so you want Sleazy and Shagging? And he'd be like, aye. So, <laughs> then, aye. so then he got the tune that had all the fucking orgasms and that in it. And we were yeah. just like, again, we were like, meh. <laughs> and he's like, meh. <laughs> so you start, it sounds like, I mean, how often are you doing this then? What's the turnaround? Are you so like inside at, at a couple of time, days? Or? At the time, I was doing one song every two days. Wow. At the time, man, it was like I'd done something like fucking three or four hundred songs over the space of two or three years. Jesus. And it's so, so you were like you were like the sound of ICW I, for a while. Ev- everything you heard in that company for a f- couple of years was me. Mm. Literally everything, wow. man. And wow. it was cool because I, I I wouldn't just say to them like, oh by the way, here's your song. Like yeah. I would send I would work on an intro and then send them the intro and say does it need to be mm. faster, slower, doubled, halved, whatever? Let me know. And then it was would, really collaborative. I everybody had input, you know what I mean? And then we would build an expert and I'm like, how long does it take you to get to the ring? And they'd be wow. like, right, it takes me 30, 40 seconds. And I was like, right, that's about eight bars. So by the time this kicks in and the chorus kicks in, you're in the ring. So mm. the money shot, you are there. People like, don't understand like about, about, about wrestling uh, is that everything's fucking timed. Everything. I, how long I'm, it takes from to get from the ring back and forth, how long it takes to get in and do your thing, your your shtick, I'm and a... how long how long the match is timed, like, you know, it can be like five, six, seven minutes, and, and and for the larger companies, especially when they're on pay-per-views, that's timed, it's proper, there's someone with a I... timer to the fucking second to get it right, because if I... you're overrun, you can get fined and, and what have you, 
I love the fact that I didn't consider that, that you, you speak to someone and say, do you run to the ring? Do you pose at the top before you come down? All this takes I, what happens with the do, beats of the music, yeah? Do you go up the stairs or do you walk around in panda before you go up the stairs? All of yeah. that shit, man. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Because see you walking yeah. around the ring and up, that's like four bars. Yeah. Like, that's like... Right, minute to shorten the verse or keep it longer. You I know what I mean? Is, I, I never considered. And you think about like you think about someone like the Undertaker, who has like probably the best intro music of all time. But uh, it's all time. It's all time because he's got like the different stages, the bongs of the of the, the before he comes out, the slow walk to the to the ring. Then he does the thing at the corner, comes in, takes us. It's all time. You know. See if you notice how straight. So he's got the bongs right, mm. and then. Uh, Obviously, his starts off with the chorus. Yeah. But then it goes... And it, it kind of... And it's like, it builds, but it kind of stops. Yeah. See, every yeah. time he's at that corner, yeah. that's when you hear the chorus kick back in with a lightning effect over it, and that's when he brings it up. You know what I mean? So I, that I, is I, I must have seen I must have seen that. And I've seen it live a well, hundred times, millions of times, and I've never realised that it's that time. Now watching it, I will see Aye. it slightly different. It's just time. part of the whole thing, you know? Aye. He starts walking up those steps about ten seconds, no, nah, about five, six seconds before you hear the lightning, and it's yeah. the lightning over the chorus, and that's when it fucking comes and, up. Man. And you're fucking damn sure that that's all deliberate. That'll have been worked out. Oh, that fuck that guy aye, is man. absolutely fucking on. on, on. So when you, when you did these songs... And then you go to the show, and you see the crowd react. To the oh, songs oh, <laughs> better than any gig I've ever played, man. Honestly, <laughs> yes. honestly, I was watching. Do you remember this. a particular time when when you kind of heard your song first, and you were like, "Shit, that's what the guy wrote." Shit, that's the reaction the crowd's right, so getting. We, we done this song, and uh, Jack Jester used it in the chorus off. It was I don't know if you've heard it. If you have, you might remember it. It goes, it's the one that goes. If you want some, then come and get some. And yeah. like the crowd sing that all the time, but we never heard that shit before. And yeah. like. We were just standing watching, and like it was one of their big academy shows, and there you go, eight hundred fucking people just all went. If you want some, then come yeah. And I was just like, holy shit, man, fucking goosebumps! <laughs> oh like, yes. That, see, from that moment, I was just like, I'm on. You know, what I mean? this I is what like, this is what I meant to do. This is what yeah. I want to do. But the good thing is, is even though the band doesn't do stuff anymore, like if I'm working on something, I'll send it to them, and I'll say, what do yeah. you think about that? And even yeah. Gary, the bass player, will be. Like, try a bass line like this and I'll just be like right fuck it you record it I'll put it in it so we all still kind of work yeah. together and recently I've sent the drummer like his his, his, his drumming like he's like a human fucking metronome mm. and uh, he was wanting to get into stuff and I was like well do you know what I was like I've got everything here man let me upload it to Dropbox I'll just send you it I was like so you can start doing it as well so, so now we're all kind of working like yeah. it's as if we're in a band but not together like we're not yeah. in Fucking rehearsal rooms that we're all still writing music together. Here, here, here's, here's the thing, yeah. Here's the thing. If you saw David walking down the street to Glasgow, yeah, with his tattoos and his fucking hat on stuff, you'd be like, "Fuck, guy's up for a fucking rookie." Like, could be a bit, <laughs> fucking, a bit tasty. But he's actually the nicest guy in the world, and the reason he's successful, ladies and gentlemen, I will put forward, dear listener, I will put forward that the reason he does what it is is because there is zero ego here. You're like. I need to get an opinion on this. I need a, a baseline for this. I need this particular song. You would go to that person and go, can you help me out? There's none of that. All the best producers and I think the best artists, just all they're concerned about is getting the best thing at the end. They're not concerned about who owns this and all that it's bollocks. Like, 
you get a lot thing of, at the end. You get a lot of producers that won't tell you how they did something. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, fair enough, man. It's a cutthroat industry. But I'm the opposite. Like, if yeah. someone says to me, how did, you get that, how did you get that snare sound? I don't tell them. I just go, fucking hold on. I'll just send you the snare. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Then, oh, you have it. Enjoy. Did you did you get many bands then? Because you've got, obviously, you know, good ears. You're producing stuff yourself now. Did you get bands coming to you now and saying, hey, you know, do you fancy producing my band? Do you fancy doing well, my album? I've had that a few times. And uh, mm. I've told those bands, listen, I'm looking to by the end of the year or by well, by the looks of it probably next year now yeah. I'm going to get my own space and when I get my own, own space then I'm going to start recording bands so yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of looking to branch out a wee bit man because like stuck in this house all the time I get I have maybe yeah. one or two one or two meltdowns a year man you know what I mean but it's like yeah, I get yeah. so overwhelmed with everything I'm doing I'm like ah oh, fuck this I love this, <laughs> I love this. but uh, I'm sitting and I'm like man I can't believe these people have took the time out of their day and thought, let's get him to record their stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I, I, that blows my mind, man. So I'm just like, cool. And I just tell them straight up, I'm not there yet because it's all in the house at the moment. But when, as soon as I move, man, let's record. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think if you're a, if you're a, a new metal, newer metal band, a younger metal band out there, um, I'll put links to, to, to all of Dave's stuff on here. Like, you know, you, I would I would say you, you need to check out certainly the stuff he's done. I think you, I think the next album that you you produce with someone's going to be fucking wicked, man. I think it's really is because I've had total perspective to be able to look step step away from it to come back into it. Like I think it's going to be fantastic. You first well, the, you do. The next album I'm doing is uh, the one with Howard Jones that sang for Kill Switch Engage. Wow. Okay. So fucking. Uh, what are you What mate, are you doing? Are you producing or? I've done or? all the done all the music and wow. he's just singing on it, man. And it's fucking. Wow. Once the show's finished, I'm going to send you a private link, actually. You can listen oh, to it. Oh, fantastic, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when's that, when's that due out then soon? Uh, we're well, not rushing it at the moment because yeah. uh, he's got Light the Torch and yeah. I've got the wrestling stuff because I'm doing stuff for New Japan at the moment and AEW on TNT. So, yeah. I mean, with all these companies, I'm still just a song-by-song basis, but because I've had to up my game because it's broadcast for TV, I need to spend a lot more time on it. But mm. the cool, it's basically just two guys having a laugh. Like, yeah, as it should be, like, as it fucking should be, yeah. One of the songs we did, it sounds like Push It To The In fact, it sounds like it should be in Rocky Four, right? It's proper yes. montage <laughs> movie. It, it's like, it, it's like, no easy way out and Push It To The Limit, but on crack. You know what I mean? Yes. It's that proper, like, bam, it's like, bam, there's I, no easy, yeah. I, it's fucking, and picture of him that singing that shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, yeah. Could, he could fucking sing me to sleep, and, yeah. like, and uh, it's just a, a bit, the, the, the outro is like two minutes long. And I said to him, like, do you want a normal intro or will we milk the fuck right out of this? And he was like, man, this, <laughs> I, like, man this song is so epic, don't change it, just milk the fuck yeah, out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, man, just shit like that. So you, you're, in, you're doing ICW, um, you're kind of doing all the things. You, you, what people maybe don't realize about <laughs> wrestling is that all these wrestlers don't just wrestle in one under one promotion they'll go and they'll go wrestle overseas they'll try out for other companies and what have you i imagine then the same for, for for yourself that you know when did someone approach you from another company eh fuck eh so technically i would say it was what culture because okay. they were starting to book a lot of guys so, so for those that don't, don't, don't know what what culture is what is what culture what culture was an english promotion i i mean 
And now they were based in Newcastle. I mean, now they are fucking stupidly massive with all their articles and their podcasts and that. But originally they'd started a, 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 a wrestling promotion. And yeah. a lot of the guys they were originally booking, I had already done music for because a lot of them were in ICW. And yeah. uh, so they just got in contact with me and my mate Neil and were like, oh, well, could you do us a couple of songs? And so that kind of snowballed. And yeah. uh, But then someone from America contacted me. They were wrestling for a company called OVW. Mm. And they were working for Al Snow. And uh, <laughs> what the fuck? What an actual sentence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it just that hit happened. me there. But that just came out my mouth. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And, uh, so I'd done one for her. And then uh, I was speaking to this guy who wrestles under the name El Phantasmo. And it was just a bit of banter. I was like, here, man, I love writing neon shit, and you look like neon shit. Let me do your tune, man. And he was like, fucking okay. And just that. But then I became friends with this guy, James Storm, who was in TNA and all that as well. And so now I've done, like, his for NWA that's on YouTube and that at the moment. I'm doing the New Japan stuff. I'm doing fucking All Elite Wrestling. Like, I mean, they've got their own guy, Mikey. He's fucking great. So they just get me in every now and again. And uh, I've done, like, Jimmy Havocs and that as well because I became friends with him through ICW. And he was like, mate, do me a tune. And I was like, mate, okay. You know what I mean? So I'm just all over the place. Because people people don't realise as well, maybe, that it's like, like like the rock and roll world, the wrestling world's very incestuous in so much as that everybody goes to these different promotions and they'll go, oh, the guy who did the music for me at this one, why wouldn't he just do it for this one? And then then someone will be sitting backstage and going, who does your music? And you'll go, okay. Thank you. yeah, I, I, like the, the first, I think the first thing I heard, apart from some stuff, the first thing after knowing who you were, I heard me, it was, you did uh, Volta stuff, like, um, I, I yeah, did that was, the, the metal that was the version thing. of his man, that was the, okay. you, that was the first thing you sent me was the metal version of that, and I was like, shit, it's like Rammstein, kind of, I, I thought, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I had messaged Walter, and I was like, mate, I've just seen you with a Primal Fear t-shirt on, you like power metal, <laughs> <laughs> Again, as you said earlier, yeah. you can tell so much about a person. You can, you totally can, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, and I was like, do you know what? You've got that fucking song, but mm. you don't have a metal version of that song, so it's happening. And he was just yeah. like, cool, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was really cool. And then I said yeah. him, and I was like, does that sound mint? And he was like, yes, man. And I was like, cool, enjoy. <laughs> so when when you you talk you talk we talked about companies like TNA T, TNA is um, is is a wrestling company that operates out, out of the states and is syndicated. It's on television and stuff. Do you remember seeing your seeing that on television and seeing your music or hearing your music? I should say for someone coming out, or someone like James Stone coming out. Do you remember seeing that as well? I built. I remember the first one I seen was Drew. Okay. And uh, so I'm not even going to lie. So we all found a stream online to watch it and then <laughs> 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 and we all we all sat there just like, oh, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. what are your songs are in fucking on on the wrestling? Like on the TV? What's <laughs> on going the on? Wrestling alone. On the wrestling. Like... <laughs> and I you mean... see, like you know, a whole arena of people and like you know, fifteen twenty thousand people, and your music's being played. I, That's got to be a trip, that one. I've I've been back to when I was younger and like learning guitar with my dad and that. But every now and again, I would just go. You know, on the guitar, you know, and then I'd sit trying to learn DX and all that, and I'm like, no, I'm one of those cunts. You know what I mean? That's probably I'm the guy that does it. Like, yeah, I was like, this fucking this. That's our fucking song. Did you like it when 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 bands played as well? You know, like fucking 
Moted or rather it was just Lemmy played out like the game and stuff for when Aye, biscuit. Did you did you like that as well? Because that's real crossover then, isn't it? That's totally Aye. crossover. The band plays as the person comes out like I thought know. it was cool as fucking like saliva playing out fucking Batista yes. as well, yeah, man. And yeah, 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 in yeah. fact they played out the Dudleys one year as well, and remember they were like, get the tables. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> It used to be, it used to be fucking huge. It is still now that every pay per view that a major wrestling promotion has, there's at least one or two songs. Certainly for something like WrestleMania, there's one or two songs that's the song of that. Like a World Cup has a song. There's a song for like WrestleMania, or there's a song for like Hell in a Cell that a band does. It's a I, huge business. It's they can really make or break a band's career. I, you know, I would love about- to know the deal how they do it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If they get paid mm. an exposure or a way, I, I, I imagine it is The first time I remember that for me, hitting home, was um, SummerSlam, Drowning Pool, Bodies. Fucking hell, Dave. Fucking hell. That was that, that band X. But they played that song twice live when I went to see them. They like that, that song for them was fucking. That that it cemented them in metal history, and that I was the remember. theme song to SummerSlam. Um, I remember fucking hell. Every time when I, I DJ once a once a week to get out of the house, right? I've got my own metal floor <laughs> in Glasgow. Yeah. And, uh, I play I play just the best of the best, like the best metal, the best classic yeah. rock. Yeah. A little bit of emo and pop punk for like because it's younger folk that are in there and that, you know what I mean? But oh, they all yeah. eat up the classic rock. See, every time I press play on Highway to Hell. The first yes. thing that gets through my head is SummerSlam 98. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? I'm just like, yes, fucking the fuck. But uh, you know how you yeah, were saying Austin earlier? The Undertaker was the main event. Was that the main aye, event? Aye, aye, aye. fucking hell. It's crazy how I connect songs to matches and, and music to various things. That's fucking weird. I never realised I did that before. Triple H in the Rock in the ladder match as well. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. Right, you, and you just remember all those particular songs like yeah, that, yeah, yeah that reminds me of something you said earlier you know how you were saying like sometimes they'll get new versions of songs but they always go back to the original yeah, yeah always do wwf forcible entry yeah so but for those that don't know as well it was such big business uh, at the time that what uh, they, they would do is every couple of months they would release a wwe album and it was an album of right. all the theme songs or, or all the songs for the bands because uh, it was that big a business. I remember there's, there was a three C. I've got it somewhere. I'll fucking find it somewhere. I've got a three CD thing, which was um, the best of all the. Um, oh fuck! It's around somewhere of all the music from the uh, the eighties, nineties, and two thousand. Oh, and you get the fucking it. anthology box set. That's the anthology. That's the one. Oh. It's fucking crazy good, and it, it's like a meal <laughs> or a smell when you put on a song. And it'll be you're like uh, it'll be gold medal, which is Kurt Angle's one. It transports you back to that moment. To Do you have those moment. songs? Do you have those songs that uh, that you remember from wrestling that to, to, to take you back or entrance musics? Aye, the brood. Oh. oh shit! Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, for my own, it would be things like when I hear Drews. The first thing I think of is Drew versus Grado and the SECC when I sang Drew out to that song. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, again, wild fucking sentence. Yeah. Uh, fucking. If I hear, if I hear the one I did for Rey Mysterio, the first thing I think of is him saying to me, mate, you should watch this show Power. It's really good. And then I watched Power and I did like four seasons in a fucking week. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shit like that. Or if, 
if if I see Kevin Nash, the first thing I think of is us sitting talking about fucking Journey and Peril Jam and we're just <laughs> shit like that. You know what I mean? But it's mental. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I hear Austin, the first thing I think of is WrestleMania 13 when the glass actually broke. And, and he, he walked through it. And, and, and it's Bret Hart. Bret Hart. And it's like Aye, Nash with the blood all over his face and shit. My favourite match of all time. People, 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 there's certain, that's the beautiful thing about music and definitely about metal is that they can transport you back to a particular moment or a particular thing that happened. And I have good or bad memories, but largely always good for me. You, you, the first opening chords of like, that, that drum beat, yeah, from the DX thing. That bum bum. I'm bum, already bum. transported back to being a teenager. You know the first thing like, I do is I th- see when I hear the bum bum, I think of that Titan Tron straight away with the fucking X coming gl- down. Yeah, uh, and I like the good line. Yeah, are you ready? And the check with a bikini on it all, and you're like, like the Titan Tron didn't even make sense. Do you know what was such? Kid. That was such a rip off of Rage Against the Machine. Oh, I think about it, wasn't oh, it? it was so blatant, wasn't it? Aye, the Chris Warren band, they were just Rage Against the Machine, man. <laughs> It's fucking great, man. Oh, all that shit is fucking magical. It's even the Howard thing as well. Do you know how that came about? This is quite funny, right? So, my mate Paul, he's in a band called Cerebral Boar. And, uh, I know Cerebral Boar, yeah. Aye, right, so Paul yeah. Maguire that plays, uh, plays bass or guitar. Is he plays guitar in the mag? It's his fucking band. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> he was like the videographer tour footage guy for Jamie Jaster. Okay. And hey, Jaster yeah. was doing a tour. I mm. he took Howard on tour, Dino for Fear Factory and that yeah, on yeah. tour. And they were just playing each other's song. It was just a fucking cover set, but it sounds great because yeah. they were doing like Demanufacture with Dino coming out and they would do like End of Heartache with Howard coming out and yeah. they would play some hate breed songs. And uh, I knew the two of them were massive wrestling fans like Jamie Jaster and Howard. And I had says to Paul, yeah. Go on and ask him why they've not sang any of my fucking songs yet for the wrestling. Like, just for a laugh. <laughs> and he was just like, okay, two minutes. <laughs> and he just went in. Yeah. And uh, he'd say to him, and it turns out they were like, is that him that does the ICW shit? So they'd already knew about the ICW. They already was, knew. They yeah, loved yeah. wrestling. Yeah. And then Howard, Howard was like, fuck him, tell him I'll do it. You know what yeah. I mean? And then he gave me his number. I, Howard phoned me, and me and him sat on the phone for like an hour. And you know how you were saying, like, we have the checklist? Yeah, I was yeah. just like, what's your favourite Rocky film and why is it for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. just shit like that. And then he was yeah. like, it is my favourite. Because, like, because that, that's so important to someone producing someone's music is to get right. on the same level as them and the same kind of in the same mindset as them. You couldn't write something for someone you hadn't met or didn't know their gimmick. Not truly write for it. You couldn't. You know, you have to have that back and forth. It seems to be a massive part of your process is to do that. Go, okay, here's a little bit of it. Am I in the right thing here? Is this too dark? Is it too heavy? Is it sped? You you seem to pin pong that back and forth. Was that what you did with Howard as well? You kind of go, I, okay, these so lots of that. Okay. I said to him as well, I was like, oh, do you like, and who's your favourite band? And he was like, Janan Janan. I was like, oh, I fucking love you. I was like, this, this is amazing. Because Paul had said to me before, like, used to are just the same person. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? And I was like, bullshit, yeah. man. He's big fucking holy diver. I'm just a yeah. wee guy in Glasgow. <laughs> and he was like, no, you are the same people. And then we just sat yeah. talking about Rocky Four and Geran Geran and all that on the phone. See, and I was like... See, here it is, Dave. Here's the filthy secrets about metal I'm going to reveal to everybody, dear listeners. So here's the thing. Most metal guys, most guys who play the, the heaviest of metals that you hear... 
don't always listen to metal. In yeah. fact, a lot of their favorite bands aren't heavy at all. On on you know on on huge things like you know Rich Ward is like loves fucking uh, Journey and stuff like that. Then they don't li- they don't necessarily listen to the music, similar music to what they right. produce because you don't want to hear that all the fucking time. You know you don't want to hear you you've just come off after playing you know some brutal death metal sets. You don't go off stage and continue to listen to brutal death metal. You put yeah. Johnny Cash on or you put something else on. You know what I mean? It did, yeah. and it's and it's interesting always whenever I meet someone who's like. A huge fan of like you know a huge sort of metalhead, and quite often that their playlist is nothing to do with metal. Quite I mean, a lot of a lot of my bass player mates, including the boys here in that family, a lot of them are like, man, we all love Duran Duran because when you listen to their songs, that guy's yeah. bass lines are fucking nonsense. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Yeah. It was like he sounds like he's playing bass, drums, and guitar at the same time. That is the perfect analogy I've had of that that guy's. There's like a documentary on Netflix at the moment about them. It's not that great. Like it's only it's it's all about Duran Duran, but it's only like sixty minutes long. I would have done a massive two and really? three hour. It's it's not honestly it's not that long. Like and I thought <laughs> surely it should be a lot. <laughs> I've just took my PlayStation on to find this documentary for later. It's on there. It's on there. It's, I, and, and I remember like I I got into Duran Duran maybe when everybody else did for A View to a Kill. That oh. was my first entrance oh. for that. Which the best fucking, Bond fucking song ever as well, by the way. And, and it's like, and that was my first entry point for them. And then I, it was only from that that it got to Girls on Film and stuff like that. And, Again, you the know, bass line. What the fuck is going on? Listen, in listen, that to, listen to the bass line of Rio. It's fucking, I, it's jazz. It's like, it's a boom. It's like fucking, and, 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 and it was only when I was watching this documentary, I was like, fucking hell, he can play. Fuck I, it. It is all over the place. It's beautiful. It's it's walking bass lines mixed with like incidental notes and stuff, and you're just like, this is fucking pure. Watch that documentary. Like Rio is is touted as being a classic pop song, and it is. But when you or, or Planet Earth, just a Planet Earth, it's a bass line on that. It's you know, that's my favorite. Ridiculous. That it's is ridiculous. my favorite Duran Duran song. It's and it, and it, and it the, the real the real reason it's genius is because it seems so simple. When you think, like, just hum Rio to me or hum Planet Earth, it sounds very simple. Listen to what's underpinning it, underpinning it. And you just, like, honestly, watch the documentary, it's fucking boss, mate. I've actually started the secret. See, because of all the current crisis that we're in and we're all stuck in the house, I've already started a cover of Planet Earth and I'm not even fucking joking, man. I, I even shouted oh, on my dad. I shouted yeah. on my dad. And I was like, "Come on, listen to this." Do you know what I mean? He was like, "Yeah, it's fucking planet Earth. It's a fucking planet Earth." And I got, I got the, "You better not ruin that song." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Fuck you." <laughs> I love it. It's like all, all the greatest songs you've ever heard in your life. They're all deceptively easy. Like, try and play ACDC. You 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 know, you might think it's easy to play Highway to Hell. It's fucking not. It's 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 because it, those guys played that together for over and over and over again. They played for years together and they molded to what it was like. You can't get to, to early seventies, you know, uh, late sixties. You they were playing together in clubs just to get that. Eventually, get that sound. It took yeah. years to be like that. You can't manufacture that, and thank God you can't. You know, on, Duran Duran a good example of that where they were like. We, I think he says at the beginning, near, uh, near enough, 
for the documentaries. Like everybody in the band has to be a really good musician. And I think of all the bands that I love the most, like Rage Against the Machine's a perfect example of that. Every single member of the band's fucking on point. Because right. like I can't stand bands where say like you get a, a, an unsigned band now or a new band now where the bassist isn't into it or the drummer's not as much into it. It's like everybody needs to be fucking on point. Everybody, otherwise it's not gonna work. And you have to think about you know the construction of your songs and construction of what you say. I'd sometimes worry that maybe people don't think about enough about a song and craft it and the actual crafting of a song. Um, you, how much goes into when you when you write these themes, how much gets thrown away? How much do you go just it's not good enough? Needs needs to be worked, you know. Are you tough so, as an editor? So I am pretty so what I do is you see whoever I'm uh, working for at the time or like any mm. wrestlers or what I say to them straight away. Listen, if there is a bit in this you do not like, do not worry about it. It'll take yeah. me sec- seconds to move it out the road or delete it. It's fine. Just because, yeah. you know how a lot of people are sometimes, they can be like, oh, it's great. But in the back of their mind, they're like, there's actually nah, a, a, a delete. Yeah. I'm like, listen, don't worry about it. It takes me seconds to change it. I can do a new bit. I can always keep that for something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was, uh, and they're always like, they, they, they become more relaxed, man. You know what I mean? Mm. They're just like, all right, cool. And then yeah. they, get, they start to get pumped up about it. Because I've noticed, see, because it is such a big part of their character, mm. they do... You can actually see the change in them as well, where they go from, oh, I'm getting a song to, oh, this that is excitement. my song, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the it's, payoff, isn't it? That's the payoff. Aye, it's he, very he rewarding. And, saying it's blown the mind. Aye, like, yeah. And luckily enough for me, because I do that, I found that documentary, by the way, thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> luckily enough for me, because I work like that, rather than just give people songs that... Luckily enough, I've built up a good reputation that way. So, which is why now and again, if I need something for a, like an, a Yank company or fucking Japan or, or like, yeah. get him to do it, man. He's easy to work with. Fucking, he'll make sure, like, you he will not stop until yeah. you're happy with that. That's, because that's, that's the other side of this whole business is you've got to be good to work with. It's almost more important than being talented. If you're a dickhead, it, you have to be really fucking talented to overcome that. Because it's so important to the process, you've got to be able to work with another human being and and take it, take criticism properly, and you know, and, and listen to what they're saying and have that back and forth. That's missing to a lot of people. Like a lot of people, are really, really talented, but don't know how to work with other people, and it fucks the whole process. Because that's the whole point of what we're trying to do here is that collaborativeness between people. You know. Aye, so when Aye. so when someone like New Japan come up, so New Japan, as the name would suggest, is a Japanese company. It's basically the largest uh, uh, Japanese wrestling company. It's one of the sort of the big two or three companies in wrestling. Is it? Did what? What was the entrance point for them? Did you have wrestlers that went over there? Uh, uh, yeah, and yeah. Then wanted, yeah, okay. So they it so someone El- went over there and suggested yourself. Aye, it was El Fantasmo. He was already right. going over there, but okay. it was before his debut. So yeah. I worked closely with him for about a month until we got this shit fucking perfect, man. Yeah, and it was like. He, he used to do animations or, like, video stuff for Netflix. So while I was doing his song, he was doing his own Titantron as well. Yeah. So he would make sure that it went perfect, man. And then when it eventually happened, we were like, this is so fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But from that, they said, listen, that was fucking awesome, man. As soon as something comes up that you're mm-hmm. going to, that's going to fit you, we'll message you straight away. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I was like, that's fucking cool. Even just that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you get your foot in the door that that way. It's fucking ah, oh, it's cool as fuck, man. <laughs> so then, 
yeah, essentially, you, you, you move really kind of things must have exploded with AEW. So for those who don't follow wrestling, and at this point we'll probably switch it off. But those that love it will have seen <laughs> and, and it. But but the AEW is all elite wrestling, and it's a very new company. It's been going about a year or so, and it's basically uh, becoming one of the biggest sort of companies in, in, in the world, possibly in the top three, and. That is kind of like, that's real sort of, like they have pay-per-views where they have a buy rate of like millions of people will, 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 will watch this. So then what's the access point for yourself there? Is it once again, wrestlers that you know working over there or did they contact you? How did you gain access yeah, to that? Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, okay. So that company are well, they're really, they're really, like, they're, they're, their selling point is their creativity. They don't want yes. to limit anybody. So mm. they've, they've says to the, the, the guys and the, the girls, like, man, if you have a song and you feel comfortable with it, we'll use it. So that kind of eased people. And it got thought, like, Jimmy saying to me, could you do me a song? I trust you with my music. You know what I mean? I'm like, fucking right, man. So they've been easy as pie to work with. You know I, I mean? the, reason, the, the reason I mentioned them in particular, as something you hinted on there, where you were saying about the, the very much in, interested in the creative side of it, and what 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 he what he means, dear listener, is he means that the normally wrestlers have a very tight sort of script, like the, of what they're supposed to do. So if you work for the WWE, the, 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 the you're told very much what to say, what to do, very little creative control. You're presented with something, and you have to kind of run with that ball. AEW's sort of access point was that they were like, well, we think that that stifles creativity. We like people yeah, to come up with their yeah. own ideas and stuff like that. And that's when you get someone like yourself getting approached going, I like this. And like you say, El Fantasmo doing his own Titantron. The Titantron's the big screen that, that someone sees when they come out. And now wrestlers, someone like Darby Allen's a good example of him making his own videos. He's Aye. producing his own, pro, as, as they're known in the business, promos for his matches and his opponents. Um, have you thought Have you thought about the video side of it, or you just stay yes. the music so, side of it? So, you know how if someone says, right, I need a song by, like, if, if someone says the show is on the 13th, Mm. Then for me, I like to have the song finished for the 10th because then I know the music has to be synchronised with the video. The video yes. needs to be then rendered together and that needs to be put into the queue, the queue sheets. Not the queue sheets, it needs to be put into the queues for, obviously, when people are walking out. What do you call that thing? The fucking... The, okay. You know what I mean? It needs to be queued up and all that. Everything yes. needs to be in order. So yes. if they see me, the show's on the 10th, I need, I need to have that song finished a couple of days before. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. all this yeah. other stuff needs to yeah. And with the videos, it has to be fucking, it has to be put in there, it has to be rendered together with the video, then that yeah. has to be rendered and put into the queues and all that as well, so there yeah, is yeah. so many fucking elements, and at the same time, when that's put in, the lighting has to be queued with the video as well, so once that's all done, then the lighting guy needs to know what it's going to be like, so you can do the lighting. Yeah, and he, what, what you have to realise is that, like, what he's talking about there, ladies and gentlemen, is cues are stuff like, uh, I'm just going to set this up on on, a, on, a, on some power because we've been talking for nearly an hour and a half. <laughs> I deep <think>, man. <laughs> we've been talking, like, nearly an hour and a half. <laughs> I was going to say, man, like, oh, see, yeah. because of the current, obviously, dilemma and crisis that everybody's facing at the moment. Yeah. See, for a guy being stuck in the house, man, and losing my mind, this has done wonders for me today, man. So cheers for <laughs> fucking asking me to come on. Honestly, no, it's, totally broke, my, it's broke my day up, man. Ah, it's totally broke my day up, man. It's fucking great. 
give you something to do, give you a reason to get dressed. <laughs> the highlight in my life, man, the highlight in my life at the moment is going over to the shop to get fucking onion rings. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, so this is fucking great, man. That's probably why it's so great. Plus, I can talk like fuck, man. You know what I mean? I'm just like... We knew this would be a good one, though. We knew this would be a good one. So, so we, we were talking about, like, kind of cues and stuff like that and that type Aye. of thing. And what what was what, what what's interesting that people don't realise is that... Uh, and things like rendering and stuff like that, you know, people don't realise that once the music's done, you don't just kind of go on fucking uh, Windows Movie Maker, lash a fucking song onto a video and that's the end of it. it there's an enormous amount of stuff because this is something that's going to get seen on television in oh, high yeah. definition uh, on titantrons live and the quality of everything has to be really really high so <coughs> when you're doing the stuff with, with aw as as that gone on has that been shown yet is that on air it's been broadcast TV? on tv yeah it's been okay. broadcast and again that is something that i watched back about 20 fucking times because i could <laughs> not believe it because yeah. When we were growing up, yeah. I was a WCW guy. I yeah. was I was okay. fucking I was Monday Nitro on TNT yeah. on a Friday night after Cartoon Network finished at nine o'clock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was me, uh, man. Yeah, so yeah, then yeah. fast forward, WWE have competition again on TNT again. Yeah. And I'm like, my song's in that fucking thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. man, I couldn't believe it. For in recent memory, that has been the that has been the spine-chilling fucking highlight, man. Is like, I could not believe like, If I had to go back and tell 15-year-old self sitting up that loft, playing the guitar or the keyboard or the fucking drums, like, here, see that shit you watch, by the way? You're going to be doing that in 15, 20 years' time. Yeah. I'd be like, ah, bullshit, ghost, fuck off. You know what I mean? Because back, back in the day, for once again, for those maybe not initiated, there was a war between uh, the WWE and WCW. It was called the Monday Night Wars, and the companies were basically fucking fight each other it was a war there was potentially either company could have go, gone out of business and everything was was a big deal everything was a big deal music was a huge a huge part of that when they rebranded wcw uh, called it monday night nitro um they the music that began at the beginning of that everything got revamped it must have been a time when you know certainly the people who were writing music for them must have gone through overdrive well, Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw, see the dun 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 Fucking Anthrax. Is it fuck, is it? It's fucking Anthrax. Shit, I never knew that. I never knew that. I heard that song Aye, I'll tell you, man. Hold on. Monday Night Raw, Anthrax. What the fuck was that song called again, man? Fucking, is now something. I thought, and I'm sure they said on one of the DVDs a long time ago, that they were trying to track down who played that song because it was like it's my life in the box no it's the bit after that it's the bit after that but at the same fucking time the monday night nitro song sounded like something that had come straight off cowboys for hell damn yeah, yeah, it was a, de a deliberate shift from the old kind of um, older sort of territorial re wrestling nonsense mm -hmm. to to this stuff. It was very updated to be modern and kind of. If you think like you know, think about the music for the NWO with like fucking the guitar line and stuff like that. That's absolutely part of history now. You know, part I... of, of history. And now, fast forward to the days now where you have WWE is a massive company. It's never going to go out of business. 
But AEW are offering up an interesting alternative to WWE. And, and, interesting. and it's almost like the Monday Night Wars are back to a certain degree. There's an element of one-upmanship, although neither company will admit that. So oh, totally. This, now there's this other massive boom of people going, like, think about this. So um, one of my friends, Chris Jericho, is in the band Fozzy. And he's obviously got a song called Judas. And uh, in being a rock band, it makes sense that he uses one of his band's songs for his intro. Of course he does. Now people are singing that song. And I dare say, because they're singing that song now, they're going to go back, listen to it on YouTube or Spotify or whatever. He'll tour off the back of that song and that album because it's that popular. Aye. And uh, it's done wonders for them. My only gripe is, is see, because they're getting even bigger. Yeah. That I'm so is is so far away from a stuck mojo reunion. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw stuck mojo. Uh, you played. I seen them uh, once. Played Bloodstock uh, a couple of years ago, and they were fucking brilliant. Who was singing uh, for them? Um, oh, now you're asking. Fuck! It was a guy was it... who was only singing for a, with them for a, a, literally that tour, and then something oh, right. happened, and then, and then he got fucked off. Like, a, a see, guy I had no idea. I was lucky, man. I got to see them with bones. Oh, singing man it was cool as fuck and then he came up to my mate one time and he was like oh man i used to have those earplugs but man's got ripped <laughs> he was like but man but man's got ripped out in a motherfucking fight <laughs> it's like what <laughs> i love it but that was like yeah so does it you know an enormous amount of fucking the crossover between metal and, and music and wrestling is this magic triforce of kind of power in it it's, I don't know if any other music has it where wrestling, metal, and, uh, you know, kind of music kind of all kind of comes together. It really does with it, doesn't it? It's, I don't think there's any other music. I don't, you, you don't really hear too many pop songs for, for wrestlers. Do you? It just doesn't seem to go with the whole aesthetic of, of wrestling. First, it needs the, to be aggressive and it needs to be heavy, doesn't it? The first time I had heard a System of a Down in Fear Factory was in 99 maybe mm. they were building up to a buried alive match and they used sugar but they also used yes. fucking what's that fucking fear factory song you know what it was when you jumped in and knew you meant replica is it replica yes Get yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's replicas fucking. <laughs> we should do a whole <laughs> show where you hum metal songs and I have to guess them. <laughs> guess this one, then, guess this one, guess this one. Oh. Fuck, I don't know how he is. Uh, it's actually humanly possible doing this fucking song. <laughs> I can't fucking do it. Fuck it, it's bleed. Never mind, man, it's too fucking hard. How the fuck can he do that with his feet and I can't even do it with my mouth? There'll be tons of people listening who uh, know exactly uh, what this, but there'll be a whole group of people who are like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on anymore? <laughs> like, why does this man who sound like he's a cast member at Outlander just doing shit with his mouth? You know, just... you know what? Why am I reminded of this story? I'm reminded <laughs> of when, I tell you, I think I know, 
Right, so when Spielberg's doing Jaws, yeah, Hi. he goes to goes to John Williams and he says, I need you to do the soundtrack to Jaws for me, mate. And he's like, Sounds, Steve, I'll sort that out for you. No worries. Give us a couple of weeks and, you know, $20 million and I'll see you later. So he does Jaws and he does the whole thing. And he comes <laughs> back and he's thinking, like, wonder what fucking John's got for me. And he thinks, well, let's be this sprawling man of the sea orchestral piece that goes with it. Brilliant. Really up, up, uplift the film. And apparently comes in and to kind of key him into the song. He just goes to the, the piano and the bottom two keys of the piano just goes bum, 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 bum. Spielberg must have wanted to fucking box him. I mean, I don't know I've, what the fuck have I've just peed you over that money. He listened to what was saying. What, what, he, what, what he read, what was the necessary thing for it. Do you see what I'm saying? Aye, man. Aye. And he's probably just like, the sharks are heel. This is what it sounds like. <laughs> the sharks are heel, man. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just eating cunts. Aye. He's a heel. <laughs> so listen, oh. like, listen we're, we're going to be coming up easily to the two-hour mark here, which is fucking uh, totally par for the course. And exactly it's hilarious. Listen, it is listen, absolutely listen. hilarious. I love it, man. <laughs> I was going to ask you this earlier, by the What's way. What's your favourite heavy metal song of all time? Fucking hell. Fuck it. I, I do a podcast about heavy metal. I'll be dead if I thought... i tell you what, okay. Um, of all time, that's fucking... T- uh, listen, or, okay, I'll, 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 it's a slightly longer answer, but I'll give you my answer. I'm um, fucking... So, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, are you ready? Okay, I'm you ready. Tell me yours as well. You don't get fucked right. off with it like right. that. So, um, I got, when I got married, I came up the aisle to the final countdown by Europe. Are you fucking joking me? Um, I swear on God is my witness on my life. I came up the aisle. And what's weird about it, which everybody doesn't realise, is if you listen to that song, people always remember the intro. That They remember that. That's not the intro. The intro begins with all this discordant piano and discordant keyboard going wow. And then it breaks oh. into that. So people at the, in the audience, if you will, and all the guests had no fucking idea what was going on. So I came down the aisle. Uh, or the missus came down the uh, the, uh, the final countdown. When we got married, and they said, you man and wife, off you fucking go. When we came down the aisle, man and wife, we came down the aisle to Highway to Hell. Oh, fuck. So, for me, it's probably going to be one of those. But That's between real. me and you, and our dear <laughs> listeners, it ain't. <laughs> yeah? For me, the greatest metal song of all time, yeah, is... <laughs> I listen. I, I, I don't. I, I want to get it out because I've got it on here. So I'll show you the album cover first. Um, is Heavy Duty by Judas Priest? Because at the very end they put on the record. Yeah, we are defenders of the faith, and the crowd sings it. Because I want you all to sing along. We are defenders of the faith and then it goes but it's on a record it's not a live record and then you the crowd go we are if you can't listen to that before going to fucking war yeah you're never gonna win the war never gonna win it it's either that or five minutes alone anyway that's amazing i did not expect what's the greatest metal song of all time which is of course which is of course Judas Priest Painkiller. It's what an album. What a fucking album. Just I adore that's my that's my probably my third favourite priest album because 
the defense of the faith and turbo still in there but that's a fucking they were they were no one they were kind of almost written off before that album as well that guy's like, my second favorite judas priest song is nightcrawler from pinkiller as well now that's a rip <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's and funny, man. You come out. I remember the video, all black and white, and fucking Halford singing aye. in the fucking with the with the crew mic and shit. It's I ab- shit myself. It's absolutely. Do you know, it's quite funny. See when I take my hat off, I look like fucking Halford, man. We can see the shit. <laughs> Do you met that? Oh, there he is. I'm your terrible We both basically say the greatest heavy metal song of all time is Judas. It's by Judas Priest, and therefore Judas Priest is the greatest heavy metal band of all time. People are going to go fucking shit crazy about that, and I'm fucking glad they do. Listeners, please tell us what is the greatest metal well, well, of all time. Well, may I propose? May I okay. propose? So, please. you know how a lot of wrestling fans say, "Oh, what is your Mount Rushmore of wrestling themes?" Okay. Yeah, What's okay. your Mount Rushmore of heavy metal songs? You have only... Fucking hell, dude. Like, so there's four guys, isn't it? So four guys on, on Mount Rushmore. Um, okay, of heavy metal songs. Fucking hell. That's tough. That's big. Um, Pantera's... Um, I'm Broken. It's, it's the riff at the end. Because that could play for fucking ever. That could play forever, that, and I could never, I'll never get bored of it. See the bit of it. Oh shit! It's Sabbath, and it's probably because Sabbath. It's an easy go-to Sabbath, but it's actually Sabbath. I was Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, or Supernaut. Maybe super not, because that's a fucking great. But it's probably Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, because that's the first time I, I that riff in the middle. Of, bum, bum, that's just fucking. Amazing. That's all, all consuming that. Um, that's Judas Priest, and I can choose another Judas Priest song. So I'm going to choose the fucking Sentinel by Judas Priest. Cool. Look at the I'm... Sentinel by Judas Priest. is all fucking all the heads and the fucking Crazy Horse Monument a couple of miles down. The Sentinel is the Sentinel's fucking. Righteous, um, and then Motorheads. We are the fucking road crew. Nice. Of all, nice. that's my one of my favourite songs of all. T- I adore that song. Now that's not just me trying to be cool and pick songs that I think are out there instead of just going with fucking Highway to Hell and fucking Black Sabbath and all. It's they're genuinely. If I go back on my playlist with Spotify, they're genuinely songs I've listened to in the last couple of days because the timeless classics and they're just perfect metal. The perfect. What about you then? Okay, the four. Heads of metal states are. I should have really thought about this before asking. <laughs> you this shit? I know. Uh, right. Mm. So painkiller. Okay. Fuck. Actually, no. I painkiller. Okay. Dio, heaven and hell. Fuck. I should have put Dio in. Pantera, Cemetery Gates. Oh, it's a big tune. Because I'm just picking, like... It's You know big, what I mean? Like, it's huge, number, yeah. Because it reminds me of Tales of the Crypt Demon Knight as well. That's a so fucking... What is that soundtrack? Yesterday, that's got, um, that's got beaten by Biohazard on. That's a fucking Aye. absolutely stone-cold banger, that tune. Like, and the Melvins and Rollins Band. Yeah, that's a fucking... That's a, such an un, un, underrated uh, soundtrack. Everybody needs to go on Spotify, see Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight um, soundtrack. That's a fucking... 
You must have loved soundtracks as well, being a guy from... Fucking right, man. You, you must love that. You Tales of the like, Crypt, uh, Demon Knight, fucking Bride of Chucky, that had fucking, yeah. like, Bruce Dickinson, Trumpets of Jericho and all that on it. You're like, what yeah. the fuck is going on, man? This is brilliant. Like, Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason, yeah, man. Fucking Spineshank and all that. Yeah. Spineshank, Lamb of God, fucking... Um, Judgment Night as well. Judgment Night had all the Judgment Night is one of the best soundtracks I have ever heard. Right, That's so amazing. Go, go. My, my sister stays next door with her fiance, right? And he yeah. grew up listening to like Iowa and all that, but he loves okay. hip hop. Yeah. And I let him hear Judgment Night for the first time last week. Fuck. And he was just like, What is this and why is this so amazing? And I was like, I know. So I let him hear Just Another Victim and I let him hear Judgment Night and he was like, I need this fucking soundtrack. And he just, (laughs) he went straight in and got it. He just went straight in and went, mind. And I was like, that's fucking amazing. Right, so what did I say? Heaven and Hell, Painkiller, Cemetery (laughs) Gates. Yes, four. Four, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonus points if it's the Cradle of Filth version as well. Like, oh, yeah. remember that? Remember fucking that? Fucking hell. That's a fucking... That's a great cover, that. That's a great they cover. Done, they done Feet of the Dark as well, didn't they? I think so. But sounds likely, yeah. I just remember... I remember hearing how Palabina did beginning parts and thought, that's not the original news, is this? And then fucking Danny's vocals just seeing yeah. through that. Like, that's fucking outstanding. That, is like, that yeah. album that they did, man, the album that had the At The Gate strumming on it, that Midian... Oh man, that was fucking some sweet gravy shit, that by the way. Because it's just all Swedish death metal with him fucking with his wee yeah. man pipes over the top yeah. of it, man. I think, see that Danny Filth, I think he is funny as fuck. Like, yeah. see all his interviews and... He's, he's very him. self-aware, isn't he, ah. of the thing he's, he does. Like, you know, there's that, like, video of him getting interviewed by a kid and stuff. Like, he's very, ah. he's very aware of, like, how ridiculous the Cradle of Filth thing he's is. You know, hilarious, he, man. And then you always see fucking, you always see like videos or like screenshots, fucking screenshots, photos of him. (laughs) He's me tracky top on, he's Tammy at a Queen's Park Rangers fucking match. Do you know what I mean? He's like, come on, get fucking into them. (laughs) I think think all the great sort of front men realise that that how ridiculous things can be. And that makes like, you know, I'm sure like, you know, Alfred must look at himself sometimes and go, I'm coming out on a bike wearing fucking you know, punk bondage gear, like, what the fuck, you know what I mean, I mean, it's, it's important, and it's great stuff, but I'm sure sometimes, like, what the fuck, you know, what it was the fuck one band, doing? because you, you, just as you said that, it totally triggered it in my memory, there was one band, I, I used to work in the Barfly, right, like, okay. fucking music when the Barfly was about, Yeah. and there was one band I never got to see, and they played the Barfly one night, and it was okay. fucking three inches of blood, man. Oh, shit. Oh, uh, Cause he's see, I see, seen that band go from a screamo band to Judas Priest too. Yeah, was fucking yeah. amazing, man. Yeah. You're just like. I remember interviewing them. I used to interview bands and stuff like way back, and I, I, I think they played in Manchester somewhere. And I was meant to be with along with other a load of other people interviewing them, and at the last minute they they, they cancelled and said like. We're not doing any interviews, and the the, the 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 TM came out with one of the other guys, and they were like, We're not, "No, no, can't do any interviews today." And everybody was like, "Okay, fine," and all everybody fucked off. And I went, "I went, oh no worries." And at the time, I was wearing a Screamer for Vengeance top, right. and he went, "Hold on a second, he goes, you know, they'll, they'll interview, they'll, they'll they'll get interviewed by you, mate." And he brought me on the bus, and I did. I did you know, purely, purely. Oh, she had the t-shirt on. Because they were like, 
that's where we're moving. You know, that Judas Priest thing. You know, that was... You, you that's when they trying, brought out like, Leather Lords and all that. You're just like, this is yeah. fucking magic. <laughs> this, they are just Judas Priest too. Though. It's fucking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought it was funny how they... Like, they got their fan base. They had the kind of, like, mm. heavy screamo stuff at the time. And yeah. as soon as they got them hook, line, and sinker, they just went full fucking metal. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love that. I love it. I love it when... I often talk about this, about bands kind of not being beholden to their fan base sometimes. You know, yes, you should produce the music that, you know, you think people will like, but you shouldn't let it straightjacket you to be like, if you want to do something else, go and fucking do it. I remember when... Um, Remanufacture came out, which is obviously the, the, the sister album to Demanufacture by Fear Factory, and it was kind of all remixed songs and almost like dance beats and stuff, and people lost their fucking minds about it, and then people were like, hold on, hold on, yeah, but it is really, it sounds really, really good, because yeah. here's the thing, all the fucking genres, rap, pop, all that, they all want a part of a metal thing. All oh, that guy. Oh, metal stuff. All of that, dude. Remember seeing the... Um, Here's another Netflix that have you seen that Netflix documentary um about I kind of uh it's not Jay Z. Is it Jay Z? Uh, no no it's uh, Dr. Dre and Kanye. Oh, I, oh yeah and, and he they're listening to metal all the time. I, and he says in it my favourite band are Nirvana and it's just him sitting on the seat with fucking yeah. Nirvana on and he's like, they're amazing. Yeah, because he knows it's fucking good shit. Yeah, all the rap guys love the fucking, love the metal. I remember like, seeing it. a thing with Dizzy Rascal, and he yeah. said his favourite bands were Sepultura and fucking uh, Sepultura and Slipknot. You know what I mean? And then he was saying that he tried to get Korn on a song. Yeah. But because Korn couldn't do it because he had just signed to Virgin and they were getting took out and made to tour everywhere. Yeah. That that's why he did the song Sirens because at the end of it it just sounds like here to stay. It's like a hip hop song and then I know where it just goes down, 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 and you're like, it just fuck? comes from it because they, they, they all come, they all want to come from the same places. That that kind of like honesty, that kind of like it, I, I guarantee every fucking gym guy, yeah, any gym guy, especially wrestlers, on their playlist is fucking a ton of metal. I. A ton of That's... it because of the nature of it, what it does to you. It does something to you <laughs> that, that no other music can provide, I don't I... believe. You know, That's it, what that, that Bray pump. Wyatt said, man. Bray Wyatt done an interview and he says in his gym playlist, it's just all Pantera. And you're like, it's just it's the only thing that's going to get the damn deal done, you know. It's, the only, it's the only thing that gets you moving. So now, when you're kind of, you're just you're doing it. You are, you are you pretty much finished with the thing with Howard, or how close are you to the end of that? When about three or four songs in, I think we're just going okay. to do six. So it's just See like a cool. Yeah. He here's an EP. It's quite fun because there's a mm. couple of like eighties fucking synthwave sounding songs on it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'll send you. But from what yeah. I've heard so far, it's like people are going to go. What the fuck is this shit? This isn't Kill Switch. Oh my god, what is this? This is brilliant. <laughs> like, so, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. Get caught, you get caught off guard, but then when he starts singing, you're like, holy fucking shit, man. See, because you like Judas Priest, you'll like the tune, man. Like the one, yeah. the, my, my favourite, our favourite one, I think you'll quite like. I'll send you, I've got two sitting here anyway, so I'll send yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we do have another couple, and one of them's very John Carpenter-esque as well, oh, man. Right. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I saw John Carpenter when he toured with the... Hey, with how good band. was that? Fucking hell. Fucking amazing. When he, he played the fog and the smoke machines give it the full beans and it was like, and I was like, this is fucking, doesn't get any better. Doesn't Aye. get any better. He even played the, the Big Trouble from Little China theme. <laughs> 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 that really is. <laughs> David, David goes by the name of David Lopan and 
and, and that immediately ingratiated into to him, by the way, because I was like, that's fucking, that's my boy there, like Lopan. And so, yeah, but he, his, his son is, is the guitarist in that band. Um, and, and, the, and then he, he just like, he, he probably would have been something in rock and roll, I think, Carpenter, if he hadn't have gone down the film route. Thank God he did, like, but he would have been down it because he did all that music, you know. So, I'll give you one as well, man, random facts. See okay. all the other members of that band? Yeah. That's a Tenacious D live band. Is it? All sessions? Yeah. Wow. Because <laughs> they're just good. It's just like, get me the best musicians. Yeah. So then, we, we, you finishing up with the Howard thing. What, what is you anything planned after that? What are you leading to after that? Uh, I'm just going to take it as it comes, man. Like, <laughs> fucking, I'm enjoying the kind of like, I, you know how I was saying I was so busy. I'm enjoying just having music like one at a time at the moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. Working on a song. Yeah. Concentrate and focus on one thing. Yeah. Aye, because I'm enjoying, it means I'm not rushing it and that and I'm just sitting taking our time and because me and Howard got along so well, I'm like, it's just two guys having a laugh, man. And you can hear it in the music. Like, mm-hmm. obviously Rob from Metal Injection was just like, this sounds like it should be on every fucking Rocky movie. What is going on here? <laughs> the music just sounds like a bicep. And I was like, <laughs> fucking add some, that's man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, would he tour it? Was Howard going to tour this, do you think? Maybe do a small tour of it? I'm hoping so. I know you yeah. can't see me, but my fingers are crossed at the moment. <laughs> but uh, I, I've already been thinking if we're going to tour it, I've already like, reached out to a couple of people as well and be like, if we tour it, we'll need you to drum, we'll need you to play bass. And yeah, yeah. there's a lot of keys and all that as well because it's proper. Like, fucking, it just sounds pure. It sounds like it could be on tumble. It could be on tumble. Yeah, like wow. it's I'm, like I'm, big I'm fucking I'm I'm it's like Howard Halford you know what I mean it's <laughs> it's hilarious and it's getting the big fucking ridiculously cheesy not guitar wankery solos but just the big notes and all that like yeah, ripping, yeah, yeah. ripping the cunt like, yeah. right out of the solo man and then like <laughs> two minute long intros uh, long outros there's no fucking need for them but because yeah. the song's so good you don't want it to end <laughs> just all that kind of shit I love it I mean yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I, you have my money, sir. You have my money. So, um, if, if I'm if I'm a if I'm a wrestler, and I'm listening to this, and I know a lot of friends like in the wrestling community, are you still open to doing? Are you still want to do that? You still want to do wrestling stuff? But w- w- how would someone contact you if they wanted so you to do their theme? They can either contact me on low at twi- uh, Twitter at Lopan Media, mm-hmm. or. <clears throat> uh, <coughs> fucking dry throat, sorry man. Uh, they can uh, oh fuck I know. <laughs> uh, do you know what it is? It's because I used to smoke quite a lot, but yeah. I'm kinda of trying to stop smoking at the moment. So yeah. my body's going, what the fuck are you doing to me? Yeah, you should be trying to uh, yeah, yeah. Aye. And uh, so at uh, Twitter at Lopan Media or info at fightmusicinternational.com yeah. or yeah, pretty much just that. I'll just fucking who, shout who, something. Who, who, do you want, who do you want to do the music for? At the moment? Yeah. That guy in Ring of Honor, Silas Young. Okay. It, it just looks like a pure man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like It yeah, looks yeah. like a tough guy, man. Yeah, Him yeah. and Brian Pillman Jr. But me and Brian Pillman Jr. are already shooting stuff back and forth at the moment, which is cool, like just ideas and stuff. But uh, the thing is, it's because he's with... MLW, which is another broadcast company, they don't need it at the moment because they have their, their stock stuff. So it's cool. It's cool, yeah. but it gives the way I see that is is the pressure's off me. And then we agreed when the time comes, we'll, we'll get to it. Right. 
Aye, so that that's totally fine. It's all about timing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But I love computer games. He loves computer games, so it's obviously going to be men. It's cool. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's it, another thing. I should I should have maybe snuck in there as well. You you must want to do video game music. You must want to do that. There he is. You must want to do that. It's well, I released I, I released an album. I released a Final Fantasy VII album that done quite well. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. well received. Like all the physical copies sold out on the Tuesday when I released it on the Saturday. I don't know why I released it on a fucking Saturday, but I did. Uh, and then I just put an album up there that's covers of old Mega Drive games and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but all I'm going to say is, right, <laughs> I was at a, 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 a music convention, not a music convention, like a big industry convention thing. Yeah. And I ended up, I was with the guy from play, the head of PlayStation Music and Licensing. And then after it, we all went out and got drunk. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, became, I became his friend. So this, so, so, so when, you, when you were a kid, playing drums with your old boy, playing the Mega Drive when you're not playing there and kind of watching wrestling. Now, David's doing all those things he wanted to do. I'm making a living off. Yeah, I'm making a living off shit I used to do when I was a wee guy. (laughs) Bro, man, you've cracked it. That's the that's the whole game. I appreciate that, man. Thanks, I really appreciate that. Listen, you know, and you you might not know this, but it's the fucking truth. The reason you're doing this is because you're really good at it, mate. And it's people like yourself that are easy to work with, that you know are willing to, to understand the medium, be it metal or whatever. And want to kind of put that enthusiasm across. The true fans, they're the people that are making these these things. You know, the Stone Cold's music was made by someone who loved that. That was born from love, who loved the business, loved the character, loved what's going on. The stuff that you're creating is made the same way, and that's only a good thing. Metal's in safe hands for people like you. I talked about Heavy Duty. I talked about Defenders of the Faith. You, yeah. sir, are one of the Defenders of the Faith, and I want to thank from all the metal community, because I want to speak for for all of them, thank you for doing that. And I think every time we now watch some shows and some wrestling shows, and we might hear your music, we'll think, that's that fucking guy, like, he's, remember, he was in that band, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's now doing like... fucking this, like, good fucking for him. Or every Glaswegian kid that's sitting there going, I fucking, I want to get out, I want to do something else, you're showing that it can be done. That you don't have oh, to go God. to a nine to five, you can do this amazing thing. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank you for what you're doing. You're Thank doing you very much. Job, Thanks for having me on it, man. That no, was, was quality. Yeah, that was amazing. David Lopan there. That's just, well, just a great conversation. Just the, the time flew by. We promised we'd do it again. But, you know, I mean, it's like, what, like two hours long or so we get out half and two hours long, which a lot of these are going to now. I think people are getting really more comfortable now talking and kind of open up about about stuff like you know in this in this sort of current climate i think people are happy just to talk to another human being which is which is nice so that was really good and and as we delved in i learned a lot about the what i thought i knew about that kind of scene and didn't expect the whole thing with, with like limp biscuit and that sort of thing and certainly didn't think, th- expect to think about howard jones and he did exactly what he said he would do and he set his the track over and it was it's absolutely superb. It's, it really is. And 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 then we talked for another twenty minutes, half an hour about metal as well. Like just a huge fan of of of, of music and just a super nice guy. So I really look forward to seeing everything he's doing and, and, and we stay in touch just for you know, to kind of hear the great stuff that he's he's kind of producing now. I'll put links on the podcast as well to say if you want to get in touch with him, if you're a young band and wanting to produce your work, and I would strongly recommend that you do that because he's got the magic ears, as I said. A really good chat. 
chat with David there. Next up, uh, in the next couple of days, is going to be uh, Kitty uh, Staunton from Novacrow, which is another great conversation. So something to look forward to. And maybe, if I can get it, is a, uh, it's a nice surprise coming as well. As always, we will get through this, folks. We will get through this. And when we come out on the other side, we'll be in the pit together at a show. I promise. I'll see you at the show.